number two of uh, the legal show. Phone number here, 800-520. A little froggy. <coughs> yes. 800-520-1534. That is the number to call if you want to uh, be abused, humiliated, scorned, and somewhere in there getting some legal advice, right? All right. Uh, oh, we have someone new I've never worked with before. Mary-Kate Gaffney. Morning, Mary-Kay. Hi, good morning. Okay, Mary-Kate. Uh, Muslim? <laughs> I'm one of the Olsen twins. Uh, yeah. Uh, Amish? Um, no. Irish Catholic? Uh, Catholic! Mary-Kate! <laughs> I never would have guessed. Now, if it were Mary-Kate Steinberg, I would have guessed uh, I would have gone the other way. Well, I'm named after an Irish movie called The Quiet Man with John Wayne. I'm serious. (laughs) Okay, so Mary-Kate John Wayne Gaffney, is that your middle name? Uh, Harmony? (laughs) That would be a long middle name. Yeah, it'd be a long middle name. uh, They don't have them. Anyway, um, welcome aboard. I uh, know absolutely nothing about you, uh, and I uh, probably won't ask. Because I understand you're only here for what, for another hour? Yes, sir, just another hour. And then you're gone. Yep, and then Larry's coming in to join you. Yeah, well, thanks for being here. Yeah, it's Thanks for a, having me. Yeah, it's a pleasure getting to know you. Probably never talk to you again. Okay. <laughs> uh, let's do it. Right? 800-520-1534. This is Handle on the Law. Marginal legal advice. Oh, wow. Do you remember a Lifetime film uh, during the Christmas uh, season uh, called Christmas Harmony? Uh, this was uh, a really an interesting film. Well, actually, it was a terrible film. But there is a picture on the wall, and it was used as a prop, and it's of uh, this uh, couple, uh, Allah, or Setiem Allah and his wife, Catherine. They're in the picture, right? I mean, that's their picture. Somehow it ended up in the film. And in the scene, Harmony, uh, the main character, uh, pins this random family photo to the wall, and her love interest tells her to take it down, adding, they're ugly. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> Probably went for 10 seconds, not even, just a, a moment. Well, the uh, the Allahs are humiliated. Uh, and I mean massively humiliated. When their friends and family members called them to inform them of this unplanned cameo in which uh, they were called ugly in the film. And uh, they are alleging in their lawsuit that they only sent their portraits to about 50 people. In other words, this very portrait they sent out to 50 people. So it was not as if someone broke into their house. This was, I guess, their Christmas portrait, whatever the hell they do. And none of those people work for Lifetime. Therefore, somehow Lifetime got it and uh, without permission. And Christmas Harmony first aired last November. And uh, here is what the Allahs are looking for. In terms of damages, all of the film's profits. Now, if I were their lawyer, see, I don't think they're going far enough. I would have sued for all of the gross revenue of Lifetime, which I'm assuming is in the billions of dollars. I have no idea. Or certainly hundreds of millions. I'm willing to bet that that picture was up literally for a split second. They're ugly. Now, 
How do people know who they are? Well, I guess their 50 friends saw the photo and said, look at this. I'll bet you, yeah, all their 50 friends called them up and said, oh, Lifetime called you ugly. All right, well, first of all, obviously, uh, it's going to be impossible to prove that they were somehow humiliated, embarrassed. I mean, that's their issue. Uh, And second of all, I have a question. I haven't seen their picture, but I'll bet you truth is an absolute, truth is an absolute defense. You know that to a lawsuit of defamation. So it could be they are incredibly ugly. And now what? All right. Fantastic. I, this may go down in the annals of, yep, there's a lawyer stretching, stretching, stretching beyond belief. All right, phone calls. Let's go ahead and uh, take them. Oh, let me look at this. All right, Rich, we'll start with you, an HOA question. Hello, Rich. Hi, Bill. Yes. I have an animal control. Wait, are, you, are you on a cell phone or are you on a speakerphone? Uh, I'm off the speakerphone. So you were on a speakerphone? Yes, I was. Yeah, see, you, now, okay. I was about to start yelling at you because you talk to all your friends on a speakerphone. Is that how you answer your phones? No, but I was listening to your program. Yeah, and then you. I know. Then you pick up is uh, the magic here. Uh, So, anyway, please, let's move on. Okay. I'm in a homeowner association. I live with a neighbor next door who owns a dog. I put some critter in her down. And the lady came on and asked, what are you doing? I said, I'm putting Critter Ritter down, get rid of all the dog stuff. Uh, what, is, wait, wait, what is Critter Ritter? It is uh, uh, a product that smells, th- uh, it has an odor that dogs don't like, and therefore they don't hang around. Okay, all right, away. all right. I just wanted to know, fair enough. And... Uh- I was sued because I put it down. The association is billing me for X number of dollars every month. They're into me for close to $3,000 now. Wait, they're into I've, you or you're into them for $3,000? Okay. Uh, I'm into them. All right, you owe them $3,000. Wow, how many months have they been doing this, asking you to remove this stuff? Uh, it started in November. How, how many months? How many months? Three months. So they want $1,000 a month for not removing the critter ritter. No, let me read this to you, please. It says over 30 days. They gave me a fine. I refuse to pay it because there's no legal thing that says I have to. I had the fire department called in on me. I had the police department. I had animal control. I had the agricultural department. All of them said there's nothing wrong with putting critter ritter down. The lady that owns the dog also said that I was killing other dogs in the neighborhood and making her dog very, very sick. She took it to the doctor, came back with a seat with a receipt that was denied, and uh, now I'm looking at sixteen hundred and ninety-six dollars amount due, and it goes up by three hundred dollars a month now. Ah, for late payment. Okay. Yes, I yeah. want to know if I should pay it or... No, 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 no. You don't pay that. Uh, what you get to do, unfortunately, you're going to end up suing yourself. Uh, if um, See, the problem is that a, that a small claims court cannot order uh, them to stop billing you. It doesn't work that way. 
So I would ignore that. I would also, uh, I'd get a lawyer to write uh, them. The problem is there's going to be, they have to be threatened, uh, Mm -hmm. especially if you start talking about all of the attempts. That's harassment. What they've done is harassed you by calling all of these organizations. I would sue the HOA. I would sue the lady next door. Next door, uh, I would, uh, I would call her on your speakerphone and uh, make sure you give her grief. Uh, yeah, I, I think you're going to need uh, a letter. You've got to just pound them down uh, because uh, it's pure harassment. And it'll be, first of all, it'll be a cease and desist. And if they keep on going and to remove the fines, and if they keep on going, uh, then you have a lawsuit against them. The problem is uh, that their lawyers, of which you pay for through your HOA fees, are going to, uh, uh, you're, they're going to defend. And uh, then you have to look at the CCNRs. Uh, and by the way, they probably do have uh, the ability to say, uh, don't put the critter ritter down, but there has to be a reason for it. And this they, seems like it's pretty arbitrary. Yeah, why, do, why, why do they hate you so much? Well, when I first got here about nine months ago, I went to a meeting and asked for a, a pool key. And the guy that's giving me this problem told me that I would have to pay like $275 for the key. Is that, what they, charge, is that what they charge everybody? Yes. Okay, well, then that's what they charge that's what they charge everybody. Yeah, but I didn't what they're telling me is that I have to pay for the person that left and did not turn in the key. Oh, I so see. Want- got it. All right. Uh, you've got it. You've got an HOA issue. People hate you there. There's no question. And so you now get to uh All right, you get to deal with it. Uh, you know, you're going to have to hire a lawyer as I said. And if, uh, do you have a lawyer? Uh, no. Yeah, go to uh, go to the website, handleonthelaw.com, because all you need is a lawyer letter and then possibly a lawsuit. So anybody who's had experience with uh, HOAs, and there's a ton of them. Matter of fact, there are uh, lawyers out there who specialize just at HOA. Okay? Just in HOA. Yes, thank you very much, Yeah, Bill. Yeah, I can see that. If I were in the HOA, I'd go after him, too. I mean, I, I just, I hate him. Talking to him for 10 minutes, I hate him. Yeah, totally understandable for sure. All right, let's go ahead and take our uh, first break. This is Handle on the Law. I like that you're broken, broken like me. Maybe that makes me a fool. I like that you're lonely, lonely like me. I could be lonely with you. KFI Handle here on a uh, Saturday morning. Hello and uh, welcome back to the show. This is Handle on the Law, marginal legal advice. Russ! Hello, Russ. Welcome to Handle on the Law. Yes, sir. Yeah, last year I took a a payday loan uh, against my SSI check. Uh, When when it became due a month later, they, they, they had put me on Social Security retirement taking me off SSI, and now they want the whole amount back or at least $50 a month. Well, how much are you talking about? $315. And uh, they want the entire amount back. Uh, what does the contract say? I mean, when you took out that payday loan. It, it doesn't specify. Uh, uh, 
the, the fact that they, they changed my SSI over to the Social Security retirement. Well, that doesn't matter. The payday loan people didn't do that. Social Security did that, right? Uh, I believe so, yes. Right. Uh, yeah, I got it. Payday people really don't have the ability to change your Social Security status. All right, and they want 50 bucks a month. Yes. And nothing in the contract says you're supposed to pay them a minimum payment or within a time specified. They just said, here's $315 and pay it when you want. Yes, sir. Wow. And, well, they're going to have to sue you. If that's the case, well, they're going to have to sue you anyway. Uh, And did you remember? uh, No, that wouldn't work. Okay, uh, so, uh, yeah, they're going to have to sue you to get the money back. It's that simple. And they're okay. not going to be able to get it from Social Security or SSI. So okay. with interest, uh, these payday loans with interest piling up and you don't pay them within a year is probably, I don't know, $1.3 million. And then it starts going up pretty quickly after that. Okay. Yeah, okay, yeah, great. <laughs> payday loans are tough. I mean, you take them out. I understand people that take them out, but, man, you have to pay those back very quickly uh, because it is – Really, uh, those are really tough. All right, Dante. Hi, Dante. You're up. Welcome. Hi. Uh, how are you doing? I, I have a, an issue with a uh, unlawful detainer that was improperly served. Okay. Uh, by my landlord, and uh, based on a false accusation that he concocted, and, and uh, I ended up having to call the police on him and having to file charges against him for uh, assault and battery. So he therefore decided to evict me, but improperly served me. And then before the sheriff showed up with the unlawful detainer, I, I responded, and now I have a court date. And when I went to try to prepare for this, I can't afford any representation, so obviously I have to self-represent. Yeah, you have and to self-represent. A, I mean, this is small claims court or superior court? I guess it's a superior court. It's, if it's, a, it's a Pasadena yeah. courthouse. Yeah, well, uh, I don't care superior. what the courthouse is, but it's a I superior court because you're talking about a, a restraining order, right? Well, I've already got the restraining order, but now I'm talking about the— the responding to the unlawful eviction. Oh yeah, you can do that yourself. You're uh, you're yeah. in landlord uh, tenant court now. You're arguing uh, improper service, correct? Yeah, and false uh, premise. Well, the, yeah, they can uh, argue. I mean, they're going to argue that it's not just your word versus yeah. a landlord's word. So let's start talking about improper service for starters. Yeah. Uh, what's okay. your basis of saying it's improper service? Well, I was told that you know, he, he posted a, a, a paper on the door said, "Get out in three days." That's a uh, yeah three day. Uh, that's a three what and that's and you had paid the rent. Yes. Okay. Well, that okay. That's improper. But that's not right. a that's not improper service. Uh, but then he didn't mail me on the mail. Well, it doesn't like, matter uh, if he po- posted on the door. That's uh, that's good enough for a, an eviction notice. Uh, okay. Now, uh, but uh, it is not an unlawful detainer to throw you out. First of all, yeah. it has to be uh, for three days. It has to be a three day notice to pay or uh, pay or quit. And if right. he's trying to to uh, did, uh, if he's trying to evict you based on simply a three day notice, get out and you've paid the rent. You've won it. You beat it right okay. there. That's that's your yeah. defense. Yeah. Okay. And and, and if, but as far as like uh, so that's it. Yeah. You go. Hey. Uh, you know what? It's not a question of improper notice because uh, I'm willing to bet that he served you with a lawsuit, right? Yeah. About uh, twenty days later. Yeah, I, I understand. But he served you with a, he served you with a lawsuit. Yeah. Okay, yeah, that's not yeah. improper. That's not improper service. What's improper is procedurally he gave you a 3-day notice. You can't just have a 3-day notice out of the blue. You have to have an eviction okay. notice has to be at least 30 days. 
And uh, depending on whether there's rent control or not, so that's what you do. Defend yourself. Okay? okay. Just go up there, and based on uh, his ability, uh, I think there may be some interesting issues going on. Uh, yeah. Oh, yes. All right, Louie. Hi, Louie. Hi. I'm a retired teacher, and when I retired, uh, I wanted to supplement my pension by substitute teaching in the district I, I taught for for 22 years. My official personnel record is flawless. It's impeccable. However, the last principal at the school I was teaching at had some sort of vendetta. He, he has a, a private file. Uh, which he submitted to the superintendent saying I shouldn't be able to substitute teach because of uh, various information that's totally false. I've tried to meet meet with uh, them. They won't meet with me. I tried to get uh, talk to the union. The union says you no longer pay dues. So Wait a minute. Did you no longer pay dues? Well, when you retire, you don't pay dues. Oh, anymore. I see. But you're no, and you're no longer a member of uh, the union? Uh, not as of now. Oh. I was for 22 years. Yeah, and I don't know. Uh, and I'm assuming substitute teachers aren't represented by the union. I don't know if they are or not. So you're not being given. Uh, you're not give, being given substitute uh, work because you have a single uh, super. You have a single principal that hates you. Correct. Oh boy. All right. Uh, and you've, and you've yeah. gone to the school board, and they're saying too bad. Uh, he hates you. Therefore, you're not going to get any work. Yeah, they basically do not want to be involved. Okay, so now uh, you've got an interesting issue going on. Is uh, you've got a legal fight on your hands, or practically just go to another school district? Right. That's. I mean, that's. Uh, otherwise, you're you're in the middle of a legal fight, and you get yeah. you get to sue the principal for false accusation, uh, and uh, he's going to say that's not false. What did he accuse you of? Oh, he accused me of when I disciplined students, I was affecting their self-esteem. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And and by the way, that may be his position. Right. Uh, so it's, uh, you know, false accusation. If he believes that disciplining student has to do with self, uh, self-esteem self and you've gone too far, that's his belief. Right. Uh, but, I, but I have witnesses that can, uh, I told him you can talk to and, and All right, well, then, then you are, are you prepared to hire a lawyer? Yeah, I'm just wondering, should I? Or yeah, you have no I'm choice. You're not going to do it yourself. Yeah. I mean, you're going to have to find you're going to have to find a lawyer out there. Unfortunately, you have no choice because uh, you, you fight that one yourself. Uh, the, I, I didn't discipline the kids. I didn't cause them to have lower self-esteem. And the principal says, yes, you did. I mean, I don't know where you go with that. Now, if you have your identity stolen, that is a nightmare. Uh, you know, someone's identity is stolen every two seconds. And so it's a question of probably when, not if. And uh, if you look at monitoring your credit, uh, there are holes there, which is why LifeLock is around. LifeLock is about identity protection and what a job they do. Uh, I have a personal story. Uh, my daughter, uh, Barbara, had her identity attempted to be stolen and LifeLock shut it down. That's LifeLock. So since no one can prevent all identity theft or monitor all transaction, every business, LifeLock can uncover those threats you might miss on your own. And that's really some super added protection. Join, get 10% off your first year by using the promo code HANDLE. 
or call 800-LIFELOCK, promo code handle. So it's lifelock.com, promo code handle, or 800 promo uh, dial 800-LIFELOCK. Let me get that right. 800-LIFELOCK, promo code handle, or visit lifelock.com, promo code handle. And now the discussion starts whether they're going to pay for this commercial or not. This is Handle on the Law. Black holes, solid ground. Black holes, solid ground. A thousand voices set them free because this silence is killing me. KFI Handle on a Saturday morning right up until 11 o'clock. And the phone number to call, 800-520-1534. 800-520-1KFI. And we do have a line or two open. Alex! Oh, welcome back to Handle on the Law. Now, Alex. Hello, Alex. Good morning, Bill. Yes, sir. Um, how are you today? I have a question. Uh, my parents um, signed divorce paper about a year ago. I'm sorry, signed what? A year ago. Uh, they got divorced. About okay, year, your uh, parents got divorced. How old are you? I am 41. How l- wow, and how long were they married? 32 years, boss. Gee, okay, 32 years. So uh, did your dad walk or did you? 32 years. I'm sorry? Did your dad or mom walk? My dad. Found an 18-year-old? Probably. Okay, excellent. Yeah, we don't know exactly. Excellent, okay. He walked out about six days before Christmas in December. Oh, great timing. All right. But my question to you, Bill, um, basically, they did sign the paperwork. You know, they signed the divorce over a year ago a little bit, and but they didn't try to reconcile, and he actually lived in a house, and Everything was fine up until December, which we, my brother and I were telling my mom, hey, you need to do something just to make sure, get an attorney, you know, just to make sure. She wouldn't listen. So now I have a question. Is there a special limitations if she could go after the house or after because she's well, going to mom? Well, hold on a minute. Go after the house. Sure. Who owns the house? Well, the house was purchased when they were together. I understand, but, but who owns it? Is it in their name? My my dad's name. It's your dad's name. Okay, but they live. Sure. But did he buy the house during the course of marriage, or did he have yes, the sir. house before the marriage? No, during the course of marriage. All right, and with his separate money. No, we actually even I contributed to the house. So I, oh, you contributed, but they but he used money that uh, that he, that he earned during the course of the marriage. Correct. Yes, sir. All yes, right. Sir. Yeah. Well, the house belongs to both of them. I mean, it's going to take a a legal fight, but. Uh, mm-hmm. Yes, your dad can, and, and then your mom's living in the house now, right? Yes. Okay. My brother's paying the bills because he's staying in the household with his family. But, All right, uh, fair enough. Out. They each own the house together, 50 mm-hmm. 50. And okay. so no one's going to take over anybody. You know, what, your, uh, what your dad can do is come back, uh, sue for his file for divorce, sue for his half of the house, and force the sale of the house. That he can do. And 50% of the proceeds. And they can agree to pay your brother back what he's been paying, but uh, not necessarily. No, we just want to make sure my mom is taking care of it. Yeah, she'll be. She owns half the house. Okay. What about alimony and stuff like that? Oh, yeah. She asked for. Oh, yeah. She asked for. Are you kidding? After 32 years, damn right she asked for spousal support. Okay. Okay. But just because they signed the paperwork a year and a half ago and she didn't file it then. Well, wait. Signed signed what paperwork a year and a half ago? they got divorced. And that's it. There were no there was no yeah. separation of property. There was no spousal support, correct? No. She can open no. it up again. Yeah. She can open it up okay. again, particularly since she didn't okay. have that an attorney. Was my question, yeah, does he that did he have an question. attorney? 
No, no. All right, yeah, she can open it up. Like, oh, don't worry, I'll keep No, it yeah, I know, I know. Yes, yeah, like I know. That, and then he's not doing it. Okay, so. all right, he lied. Time for an attorney. She needs a divorce attorney, okay? Perfect, perfect. Okay. Well, thank you very you much. You got it. Uh, let me see. 32 years, I've been married. Uh, 30? Oh, no. Wow, it's going to be 31. Time for an 18-year-old. Absolutely. Michael. Hello, Michael. Yes. Yes, sir. I did a small claim suit for the amount of $2,000. I won the suit. I didn't get paid. I filed and got a, what do you call it, the money from their paycheck? Okay, garnishment. Yeah, you garnished the money. Okay. I got the court to do that. I do not receive the money because they do not make enough money according to the state law. They need to make X amount, and they don't. Okay. So do I have to continue doing this, keep filing for the garnishment? No, no. Or? Garnishment is – no, the garnishment is there already. Uh, but it – so that's not an issue. The issue is uh, when uh, do they go in and start attaching the bank account, or when does the marshal go in and uh, grab the money? I think, and I I don't do collections law, but I think that the order for garnishment that the employer has just stays there. And as soon as the uh, defendant, the debtor, uh, makes enough money to pay it or start paying it, uh, then you're going to start getting some money. But uh, the bottom line is if a guy doesn't make a whole lot of money and he throws exemptions and uh, certainly the employer is on his side, uh, I would probably write this off. You're okay. not you're not going to get the money. However, you file an abstract of judgment, so he'll have a judgment against him uh, for ten years, and you can file it again. So uh, his credit is destroyed. Okay, that's all. That's all you can do. So uh, I know. God, I want my money. I want my money. Well, you know. Good luck, uh, Howard. Hello, Howard. Yes, sir. Yes, I purchased. I ordered some. Uh, eight dining room chairs from a store. He told me that it would take six to eight weeks to get in. Uh, after three, four, four months, we finally received them. They delivered them. I gave him $1,000 deposit. I owed him $1,400 upon receiving them. They delivered them. The uh, drivers left. And after looking at the chairs, four of the chairs, the chrome was peeling off. Called the owner. And I said, uh, for the chairs, the chrome was peeling off. All he was interested in it was getting the rest of his $1,400. He says, well, I'll have somebody contact you about the, the chairs, about replacing them. They kept putting me off, putting me off. I finally went and hit, took them to a plating uh, company, and I had them repaired. Um, and I told him, I emailed him, that I would pay the difference of 1400 and it cost me 1200 to have them repaired. And now he's threatening he's going to take me to small claims court that I didn't let okay. him. Okay, uh, has he filed small? And so has he filed a small claims court action? Uh, I think they're looking for me. He's he's filing small claims against me. Okay, but you don't know. I understand, money. but you don't know if he has filed or not. No, I don't. Okay, and he's looking for you. How do you know he's looking for you? Yeah, because I'm getting people at the door, or whatever. Okay, then he's probably yeah, he's place. probably looking for you. All right, uh, yeah. I don't know why you uh, went ahead and chromed it without uh, 
getting it the uh, get get setting up uh, all the issues uh, because he's going to have he's going to argue that's your problem that you want to rechrome them. I they did were... set up the issues. I kept contact. Okay, I got it. I, okay, and he lied to me. Well, uh, yeah, uh, he's going to say I did it. I was waiting for you. You went on on your own. Did you take pictures of the chrome? By the way, I sure did. All right. Well, then I, you know what I would do. I would I would sue him. I would sue him for the money that you. S- owe- Go ahead. Well, no, I still owed him fourteen. All right. So what? Sorry. So what you're was- saying is now you, if you talk about the chroming, you owe X number of dollars. I haven't done the math. Uh, what uh, you, you owe? What four hundred dollars or something? I- I owe him three hundred. All right, so that's it. So what's gonna? The only way you're gonna get this straightened out is to defend yourself in court. He's gonna file a small claim suit, and he's gonna argue. You're gonna argue. You're gonna go. Here's all. Here are all the emails that I sent him. He refused to fix it. He kept on saying he would. Finally, I had to go and get him re-chromed. Here it is, Your Honor, my bill. So therefore, my liability is only three hundred dollars, and that's probably and that's probably what's gonna happen. Also, I would. Defend yourself and claim the hours that you spent dealing with it. Although the judge isn't going to give it to you, but I still would claim that. Sounds good. Yeah, try that. Small claims court. And he is, I would just accept service. Although if you want to be a complete pain in the ass, uh, you can evade service over and over and over again. And some process server is uh, going, uh, going to go nuts. Yeah, it looks like it's a private process server as opposed to the sheriff. And the sheriff will give it two, three times, then just quit. And then I think you have to pay again for service. And it's not cheap. This is Handle on the Law. Well, I don't know what I don't know. So I kick my shoes off and run. Kick my shoes off and run. Kick my shoes off and run. KFI. Handle here on a uh, Saturday morning with the legal show. More handle on the law. Marginal legal advice. Sheila! Hello, Sheila. You've been waiting for a minute or two. What can I do for you? Yes. Quick question on a revocable trust. My brother and sister-in-law had a revocable trust prepared in California last year. Okay. Now they would like to do a couple of things. I think um, amend one of the paragraphs and add something. So um, instead of having to go and use a lawyer, um, the lawyer is charging like $500 an hour. Um, I'm thinking, can they just go on uh, LegalZoom and get the form to either amend or add? Well, it's, well adding and amending uh, on the Internet, uh, it's, uh, I don't even know how you do that because, uh, from what I understand, you establish the trust through there, and it gives all of – uh, the questions. If Is it a fairly sophisticated trust that they wrote? I believe it is. Then you know. They're not going to go on the Internet and change it up. Well, what they're going to do is, uh, well, uh, let me let me go the other way. How much money are we talking about here, Sheila? Well, I, I don't know my brother's complete finances, but I would have to say it's probably in the millions, a few million. Oh, he goes back and pays his $500 an hour for amending. Oh, yes, he it, does. Uh so it's not possible there are no forms that he can just put in what he wants. There's, it's not a form. From what I know, it's not a form that amends a trust. It is, it's a redeclaration. First of all, it's an amended trust. So, uh, for example, if the trust was written in June of, uh, let's say, uh, 20, 2000, uh, it's uh, the amended trust 
of the uh, trust that originally was declared or created in June of 2000. When you're talking about that much money, why would he not spend uh, you know, a few hundred bucks to make sure? Now, can he handwrite it? Can he change it and say yes, uh, but there's some legal language that uh, you that should be used? Is he disinheriting anybody? Is he adding anybody? Well, he better not be disinheriting me. Okay, but is do you know what the changes are? No, I don't think he's disinheriting. I think it's probably just uh, adding a few people. But what I'm thinking, he wasn't too happy with the uh, attorney. So Get I another attorney. Maybe... Get another. When yeah, you're talking about talking. a trust that's in the millions of dollars, uh, for example, adding a few people, well, then you have existing beneficiaries going to go in and conceivably sue and saying he really didn't mean to add those people. He didn't know what he was doing. Uh, it was coercion. It was duress. I don't want to split the money up. When you're talking millions of dollars, oh, believe me, people attack everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, have them spend the money and find well, another yeah. trust attorney. Yeah, I think that's the best answer. Yes, that is the best answer. And if he doesn't have an attorney, you can refer him to my website where we have attorneys that will make sure, Sheila, that you are screwed out of the money, uh, which is very important. <laughs> go to go to handleonthelaw.com. Uh, wow. How much is the trust? Millions of dollars. Can I go on the Internet and spend uh, $89 for a new trust? Yes. Yes, you can. Oh, Mo. Hello, Mo. You're up. Welcome. Welcome. Thank you. Sure. I wanted to ask a question yes, regarding sir. an unlawful retainer situation. I, I was uh, evicted. An unlawful uh, retainer is what you put in your mouth. It's what it's it's probably you've go to, gone to a dentist and stole a retainer from him and put it in your mouth. It's an unlawful yeah. detainer, but that's okay. All right, unlawful detainer. Yes, Excellent. Sir. I was evicted from a uh, an apartment complex. Um, I was um, I was going to go to jail. I was sentenced, and I told the uh, landlord uh, what the situation was. Paid the rent of the month uh, that I was sentenced in, plus the next month. And when I was released, I went back to see them. They had already uh, turned the situation over to a collections agent. Well, did you, was, uh, did you owe the money or did you, had, you had paid right up until the point you walked back in the door? I paid up. I paid to the last month of. Uh, OK, the, uh, so at the point you walk at the point, you, at the point you walk back in, you the, the rent was current. Is that correct? No, no, sir. No. Uh, my lease agreement expired during the last month of my. Oh, I don't care if the lease agreement expired. Did you pay that month? The last month of the lease agreement? No. Okay, got it. So technically, you have a non-payment of rent, and he hired a collection agency to go after you. Correct? They hired a collection agency to go after me. Okay. However, I did learn, sir, that uh, that last month of that lease agreement, that they actually had other residents living in the place. While you were paying for it, while I was supposed to pay for it. No, no. While okay, that's. I mean, that's. Uh, there is a lot wrong with what they've done. But what happened? Have you been evicted? Yes, I was evicted. Okay, and, and you went I to court. Also, and you went to court. No, I wasn't able to go to court because they went to court while I was in jail. Ah, and uh, ooh, then you've got bad service because uh, they had to say on that form there was personal service where they handed you uh the uh the summons and uh you they didn't uh you've you've got some issues that that is a either retaliatory eviction it's certainly an unlawful eviction 
and uh, you can go after them. So they, so, right. okay, did, um, how long have you been out of there and who moved you out? Um, I moved all of my stuff out. I didn't leave anything in there. I moved out, cleaned up the place, and, of course, okay. they hit me with all of the, okay. we need to redo the carpet and paint the walls and all of that stuff. Okay. Which ran the total way up. Yeah, yeah of course it did. All right, landlord, tenant, attorney. That's all you can do. Okay. Uh, and well. you, yeah, you have to go after them because there, there may be some sanctions, there are damages. I mean, they tr- based on what you said, uh, they have screwed you beyond screwing you. All right. Okay. Very well. uh, boy, I'm getting a lot of those today where, you know, you, you, you have to have an attorney because they're compli- uh, complicated. And the, the problem is when you're screwed, you have to hire an attorney and you're not going to get attorney's uh, fees back. I mean, that's the part when it's tough. Uh, to not have a lot of money, and you have these predator vendors, service providers, landlords. Again, this is predicated on what I'm being told. Keep in mind, quite often, there's another side to uh, the issue. People tend to, eh, if if not outright fabricate, uh, but uh, let's just say lean towards their side, Makes sense? It does. This is Handle on the Law. And uh, good morning on a Saturday morning. Handle here uh, with the legal show right up until 11 o'clock. Uh, Leo Laporte comes aboard. Uh, then uh, Neil Saavedra. Tomorrow morning, a uh, special broadcast uh, with uh, Dean Sharp, the House Whisperer, from 9 to 11 o'clock. It'll be uh, a live broadcast. Well, it's always live, but it'll be in a studio uh, with a bunch of people. And uh, he's never done that before. So uh, celebrating two years. Sounds like a lot of fun, doesn't it? Okay. Phone number 800-520-1534. That's the number to call for, well, you know, the kind of advice that I give you. 800-520-1534. Since it is the top of the hour, it is always the best time to call. All right. In New York, oh, this is Handle on the Law. Marginal legal advice where I tell you you have absolutely no case. All right. In New York, there are a group of inmates, uh, 16 of them, who settled, which I don't understand why they settled it. They settled a case for $232,000 in the aggregate, with the most getting $26,000. So here's what happens. Four inmates are hospitalized. And uh, the rest of them were uh, so sick that uh, they almost couldn't function in jail. And uh, many of them who got sick, who didn't go to the hospital, were forced inside a lockdown day room and didn't get any medical care for hours. And this is according to correction department records. And their lawyer said they were purposely denied treatment. So here's what happened. They complained about this cake. And the officers involved tossed out the food before department investigators arrived because they called 911 and said what was going on. So the 
cake was tossed. Investigators show up that and had to go to the garbage to pick up parts of this cage and they ran or parts of the cake. They ran, of course, tests on it, and uh, the cake had uh, highly lethal rat poison. Don't know who put the rat poison in. And it all started when an inmate who worked in pest control said, uh, oh, those uh, pellets, those, that, that's rat poison. And uh, the jail officer in charge said, no, 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 that's wrong. Uh, those pellets were clusters of nuts and fruits. And the inmate said, no, these, this is a case of rat poison being put in there. So the inmate said, why don't you try the cake? And the officer said, oh, no, 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 no. So the lockdown happened when uh, a few of these inmates who had phones uh, started calling 911. And uh, you're not allowed to have phones in prison. So they locked down the prison and uh, did not, according to the settlement, incidentally, although uh, New York uh, City uh, certainly uh, wouldn't uh, admit any fault. And... uh, so they lawsuits were filed. The inmates uh, were filing for a million dollars each in damages. The department rules, by the way, require that uh, all officers, they have to report suspected food poisoning uh, within an hour. None of this happened. They tried to destroy the cake. Covered it up. And so the lawyer for the inmates settled, which I don't understand when you have 16 inmates that are settling uh, aggregately for three, what three hundred and twenty nine thousand dollars. So you have the the ones that were the most sick. I mean, we were unconscious and were very ill. They uh, got, received twenty six thousand dollars. Seven more received sixteen thousand dollars. Three got ten thousand dollars, and then the remaining ones got uh, received settlements of fifteen hundred, seven hundred and fifty dollars, and five hundred dollars. Man, I don't know if this panned out to be true. That lawyer screwed them pretty good, at least from my point of view. All right. Let's take uh, some uh, phone calls here. Let's start with Mark. Hello, Mark. You're up. Welcome to Handle on the Law. Hello, Bill. Yes, sir. Yeah, hey, I got a question. Uh, I'm in the process of uh, getting a divorce, and we own a home, um, and I was wondering if, it would be better to sell the house before the divorce or wait um, till after and kind of use that maybe as a bargaining chip to, to uh, you know, uh, to help. Well, you know. well, first of all, it doesn't matter. Uh, now, as far as a, ba- a bargaining chip is concerned, do either one of you want to keep the house? No. Oh, then, yeah, then it doesn't matter. Then sell it before or after it doesn't matter. And yeah. it, it does. It, does anybody? Well, if they, no, nobody wants to keep the house, then it, it, it matters not one whit. Someone wanted to keep it, and the other person didn't. Then you can start arguing, saying, "Okay, I'll give you the house if you give me A, B, C, and D." Or you well, know what? I'll give you the house if you uh, you know pay me X number of dollars. Well, that's kind of like what what I'm leaning towards. It's it, it would be about. Uh... My uh, Social Security and... Thank you. Your Social Security, I don't think, can be touched. What about retirement? Your retirement can be touched. Okay, and that's what I'm saying to you. If I yeah, use that. sure. The house, the house was left to me in a trust. So you own... Wait a sec. And it's still... Is it in your name or is it in the trust name? 
Well, you know, I did I did the 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 normal thing that well what I thought was normal because I'm old school and I when uh, we the house we took the house over I took out a loan to pay my sister because there's still there's a lien on the house because my sister got half the house. Okay, so, now the, who's on title? Uh, well, I because when I went and got the loan for the house to pay my sister off and fifty thousand dollars for us to okay who's uh, who's, redo the house i put my wife ah got it okay so both of you are on title okay she has half she has half half the house all right that's it yeah yeah. so you're okay yeah you can negotiate sure why not and in this case doesn't matter before or after uh it's all the same Uh, is that mikalia how do you pronounce that uh mikalia yes uh bill how's that pronounced uh, Michaela. Michaela. Okay. Michaela. Bill, my neighbor caused astronomical damage to my property. What does that mean in terms of number? Um, I, I don't know uh, dollar-wise, but he was building an addition, and all of the mud and came down and ruined my fence and my retaining walls, and I know it's his fault. So I tried to negotiate with him, and he says um, um, he acknowledges that he will he will pay for it. So he says, but I don't know if. Okay, I- if any of this is uh, is any of this in writing? No. All right, so it's all verbal. Okay. All did you verbal. are you did you? I assume you have pictures of all this. Everything. Okay. Everything. Right. Video. Everything. Any idea what it's going to cost to repair this? Any idea? I couldn't. I. I couldn't even tell you, but my 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 question is: Do I call my homeowner's insurance? I never make claims, and I'm afraid that I am going to get an increase in. You might. Do you have an insurance agent? I don't. All right. Uh, what I would do it's is call. In escrow, is the the mortgage, the insurance is paid out of escrow, so I don't have an agent. Okay, so you just pay. Uh, what do you mean, paid out of escrow? Uh, you're not in escrow if you own the home. No, 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 no. It's it, when you pay the mortgage. Okay, so it's added to the, it's added to the mortgage. Yes. Okay. Yes, yes. All right. So um, I would call uh, your insurance company and ask uh, the claims uh, department, saying, "Hey, am I going to get tagged if I if I put it into you because he won't cooperate?" Am I going to be hit with uh, an at-fault, or am I going to be hit with additional charge? Probably not with one claim, by the way. You're probably going to be okay. So uh, you turn over to your insurance company. Uh, there may be a deductible, and uh, he's inevitably going to be responsible for all of that, and they'll sue him. Or you just take him to small claims court. It's much more than that, Bill. It's more than ten thousand. It's more than ten thousand dollars, right? Much, much, much more than that. I love it. Astronomical, much, much more. But you have no idea what the figure is. Well, retaining walls, fences, and all of the the construction materials that came down. Um, I, I. Well, that's easy. All you do is clean up the construction material. But the retaining wall, the fences, if all that has been destroyed. Uh, and I don't know how much of a retaining wall you're talking about, but in any case, if it's over small claims court, then you definitely go with your insurance company. Let them deal definitely. with it. So what happens if 
if we negotiate with him and then he turns around and says no, can I then go to the insurance Go company? to the insurance company to start off with. Okay. Just start okay. with the insurance company. Okay. Because, okay. for example, what do you let's say you, you sued him right now, and I'm going to ask you how much money. And you say, I don't know, but it's astronomical, Your Honor. Yeah, I, I have to get estimates. That is correct. So you have to know exactly what it's going to cost to repair all of this. Let your insurance company deal with it. All right. All right. And then, um, and then they'll know, go I, after him. They'll go after him. Is, is there a time limit to, to call the insurance company? Yeah, probably. But uh, it's uh, when did this happen? How, how many months ago? Uh, no, it's only two and a half weeks oh, ago. Oh, you're fine. Yeah, you're well within, well within uh, any time limit. But call him, uh, call him on Monday. Yeah, someone someone told me actually an attorney told me that um, your your um, insurance it does not go up if they do not pay out a claim. I just said that. I don't know if that's true. That is true. It is. Or if okay. the or if they get their money back, uh, you're not going to go up. And chances are, on your first claim, you're, it's not going to go up. So let the, let the insurance company go after this lovely neighbor. That is correct. Okay, we've gone through that three times. All right, yes, that is correct. So what have we gotten? Astronomical, okay, those are the damages, astronomical damages, fair enough, and let the insurance company take care of it. Yes, that's correct. You mean let the insurance company take care of it, Bill? Uh, Yeah, pretty much. You mean the insurance company, that's who should take care of it. Do I have that right? Yes. Oh, the insurance company? Uh, Yes, This is Handle on the Law. Saturday morning, 800-520-1534. Welcome back. Handle on the law, marginal legal advice. Mike. Hello, Mike. Yes, sir. Hi. Yes, I have got a question. My sister got this a letter from a debt collector she owed from years ago. And they're saying that they have the chance to give out all this information, bank information, how much money she has, she's disabled. And she this is from a credit card from seven years ago. They got a debt collection notice from that she's got to give out all this information, banking account information, how much money she makes, how much she earns and whatever all these details within fourteen days or she's gonna it could be a subpoena to court. They could take her to court to get this information. So I said I got to call up and find out if she has to do this or not. Okay. First of all, if uh, was the last payment made seven years ago? I don't know the exact date. Well, that's important. That's really important. Okay. Because if the last payment was made within uh, within four years, uh, then they have the right to sue because they're within the statute of limitations. All right. That's for starters. If it's over four years, you can tell them to go pound sand. Uh, you, matter of fact, she doesn't even have to answer the phone. And if they sue her and it's passed the statute, boy, does she have a case against them. All right. What's the statute? How four, long is the statute? Four, four years? Four years. Four years from the breach. 
and the breach would why be. Why are they coming after? Why are they coming after her now? That's correct. That's why are they? That's a good, very good question because they do. Because what they try to do is get people uh, and get their money come hell or high water, so they don't care in many cases. And so there's a good chance that your sister had no idea that there is a four-year statute, and most people don't. And they are threatened by uh, collection agencies who do a wonderful job of threatening, especially vulnerable people. So assuming they're within the statute and uh, the claim that they're going to go to court is legitimate, now, does she have to give many information? Absolutely not. She doesn't have to give them, uh, she doesn't even have to say hello. Now, the reason my guess is that they're asking is to ascertain how much money she has. If she's on disability, it's not even worth suing her. If she has no money to pay, I don't even think it's worth it. They're going to just drop it. If they figure out that she has some money or can convince her to pay, and here's the one that you never want to touch. Why don't you give us $10 a month? Or why don't you just give us $50 uh, as a token of your good faith? The second she does that, the contract kicks back in. And now she owes the entire amount. Oh, no. So you're saying, so it's been a long time. I think it's been about seven years. Then they can't, then all she has to do is tell them statute, statute of limitations. But what about the form? They said that they're going to take her to court. Well, they might, but if they do take her to court, she wants to take, she wants them to take her to court. Because the judge will in, the judge will instantly dismiss the case if they're past the statute, especially if she says I didn't make uh, I haven't made a payment in seven years, and they said Oh yes you have they had better have the proof, and they're probably not going to have the proof. Also, is her income simply disability? That's it. Uh, they're gonna, yeah, they're going to have a tough time. She can also say that saying Hey, you know what. Uh, all I, I'm on disability. I live on $800 a month. Go ahead and take me to court. You know, I don't care. Uh, and they're not going to. So those are all those are all the rules so in dealing with saying, them. Wait a minute. So she should tell them that she gets disability? Oh, absolutely. She absolutely. She said, tell them, number one, you've got a sa- statute issue. That's for starters. And if you go to court, I'm going to nail you for violation of the statute, suing me in violation. You said it was. I'm confused. If is it four years or seven years? Four you years. You said seven years. It's been a long time. Six okay, seven good. Years long time. Days. Okay, fine. Seven years, six years, four years, long time. Four years is the cutoff. That's your statute. Four years from the breach. The breach occurs the moment you haven't made a payment. If you've made a payment... The breach is 30 days later when the next payment is due. All right. So what is another nightmare? We're talking about dealing with the collection agencies are horrible. They can be. Uh, having your identity stolen. Boy, there, there's a nightmare. And all of a sudden, you're, you're in a world of hurt trying to unravel. And it could take months. I mean, inevitably, it'll work out if you're willing to put in the hundreds of hours. Someone's identity is stolen every two seconds. So you, you don't be one of those people. LifeLock is identity theft protection. This is a company that has been protecting me, my entire family, all four of us, because all of us are susceptible against identity threats. 
And my daughter, a few months ago, someone tried to rip off her identity, and LifeLock just shut it down. We were told instantly. That's what LifeLock is about. Now, no one can prevent all identity theft or monitor every transaction, every business. But LifeLock can uncover threats that you might, you probably will miss on your own. And uh, that's some serious protection. Join now. Get 10% off your first year. Use the promo code handle. Call 800-LIFELOCK, promo code handle, or LifeLock.com, promo code handle. This is Handle on the Law. And good morning, uh, Handle here on a uh, Saturday, 800-520-1534. And uh, welcome back to Handle on the Law Marginal legal advice. Hello, Bob. Yes. Yes, Bob. I recently went to a doctor, and when I got there, I modified the responsibility agreement. So it it now reads, I further acknowledge and agree that it's my responsibility to pay for services rendered, comma, for copay of $40 only. Now, uh, and then I signed it, and I gave it back to the clerk. They saw me. They've now sent me a bill for uh, not just a $40 copay, but an additional $109. Uh, I went in and talked to them. They said, well, we never signed this, so it doesn't matter. You owe us the $109. Do I have any case? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, when I'm handed a consent form from a doctor, they don't sign it. Right. So you say, hey, you accepted this. Just that they didn't sign it doesn't mean that they haven't accepted it. So they've accepted it. Someone has screwed up over there. Uh, Yeah, uh, yeah, of course you have a case. You can tell them, take me to small claims court. Go ahead. And uh, you'll win. What what happens if they they send this to a collection agency? Then the collection agency is going to go after you for $109. Interestingly enough, I don't know how many collection agencies go after you for $109. Uh, because let's say they're going to file a lawsuit against you in small claims court. That's going to cost them 150 And anybody okay, so, in their right so mind is going to know. As I stated in yeah, my Yeah, yeah, and here's a copy. Right. Here's a copy of it, and you say, hey, you know what? Where, where in the law says you have to sign? You accepted this. Okay. As a matter of fact, is there a, is there a signature line for a doctor there? No, there is not. See, so therefore... They wouldn't have signed it anyway. Right. So uh, it's, no, it's, I think you're okay. Now the only issue is, are they going to try to ding your credit? Uh, And if they do, you go after them for that one. Okay. It's a hassle, but that's the only leverage any of these uh, vendors, uh, service providers have, is they go, you don't pay, guess what? We're going to, we're going to just horribly affect your credit. And then you say, well, those are your chances. For $109, I don't think they're going to do it. And the collection agency is... Now, it's not the collection agency that called you. It's the doctor's office, right? Right. Well, they sent me a bill. Oh, yeah. Forget about it. Then you then then if they call the collection agency, and let's say you get a phone call, and you won't. It'll probably be just a form. Then you send it back, who's ever on that form, and you go, hey, you know, here's their signature. They accepted uh, this, and if they and oh, we didn't sign it. You know, there's no place for them to sign. Okay. You know, where are they where are they supposed to sign it? 
Because because there's no place. You're going to be fine. You're going to be absolutely fine. New question. Mike. Hello, Mike. Yes. Yes, sir. Hey, I work for Walmart. uh, 25 plus years. We have a manager that uh, is in there trying to get rid of all the long-term employees. And they're looking for every little reason. A customer came in and complained. And then another customer came in and complained. Um, They called me in the office. I went. I asked to see the write-up. And... What they did is they gave me a warning, so the next one that I got um, could possibly be termination. Do I go to the labor board? No. No, no, no. I I don't know if you have a right to see uh, the documents. I don't think you do. But uh, what you have is you have a, um, well, see, this is an at-will state, so they can fire you for uh, virtually any reason. Uh, but they can't fire you because of age, and you're going to argue age. How old are you? Almost 60. Yeah, I, yeah, I would argue, even though that's sort of up in the air, too. But if uh, there are a group of you that this is happening to, and I'm assuming there is, is that correct? Yes, sir. They've uh, rid of quite a few people. Okay, then you, then you want to talk to an employment discrimination attorney. Okay. That's who you want to talk to, and, because... This is not something you can do on your own because the law is very tricky. Uh, corporations, employers have a lot of rights, and this sort of skirts the law. Uh, are you an African-American lesbian, for example? No, sir. That would help a lot. Uh, do you have uh, any uh, physical handicaps? You know, For example, do you have uh, one arm? Are you in a wheelchair? Carpal tunnel. Uh, that's, yeah, that's not enough. Okay. Damn, I wish uh, that you were... Uh, you know, gay and a minority, and uh, are you Amish? No, sir. Uh, I had a roller door fall and hit me in the head. Okay, that's better. But, yes, I think it's time for a wrongful uh, a discriminating, employment discrimination attorney. And if you don't have one, just go to the website, handleonthelaw.com. Uh, there are tons. Uh, it, it's, so, anyway, go there. And the, and the reason I tell people to go there is because very few people know where to go. I mean, how many people know who a wrongful a wrongful discrimination attorney? How the hell do you get one of those? You just punch in wrongful discrimination attorney, and the first thing you do is get the guy who's paying the most for the ad, who has spent all the money, who spends all of his money on marketing. I, I don't know. I wouldn't. That's why I created HandleOnTheLaw.com, so I can get the money from the guy who spends uh, to be the top of the list. Hey, works out well, doesn't it? By the way, that's not the way it works. I just want to let you know. Robert. Hello, Robert. Hi. Yes. Uh, I'm a co-signer for a student loan from a private bank. Okay. And uh, My question is, uh, just in case something goes wrong, could they go after my income? If my only source of income is Social Security? No. No, they're not going to go after your Social Security. I mean, they're going to have to go after bank accounts, but... No, if all you have is Social Security, you just let everybody know uh, that uh, you have Social Security. Incidentally, when you say, if something goes wrong, who did you sign for? Uh, student, my daughter. Your daughter, uh-huh. Wow. And you think she's a flake? No, well, up, up to now, it's, it's uh, been over 10 years and everything has been going. Oh, good. So, uh, so okay, so, you, so she's not a flake, so she's paying her bill. And how yes. much long? And how much longer does she have to pay it off? I guess another five, six years. Okay. Well, I, I, you're probably going to be okay, and you're probably going to be okay on the other uh, issue too. I mean, but good for you for your daughter paying it off. 
I wouldn't co-sign a loan for my daughters for $100. No. Mike! Hello, Mike. Hey, how you doing, Yes, sir. What can I do for you? Yeah. You know, I've been enjoying your program for a very long time. Don't even tell me how how many years. It's too depressing. Yeah. Well, it was good in Iraq, so that'll tell people. Oh, that's terrific. Oh, good. Well, thank you for that. I appreciate that. uh, Thanks for your service. Yeah, you actually got me in. Uh, No problem. And thanks for your service, too. Greatly appreciated. Okay. Okay, so here's the thing. Um, you know, I got married years back, and when I got married, you know, it, she left. We, you know, so we got divorced, and I got remarried. And it was a problem finding the, you know, the first wife. The divorce went through, and got remarried, moved on. When I'm doing my retirement, for my, you know, I got wounded in Iraq, so while I'm doing my retirement, fighting cancer. I find out that my first marriage actually wasn't completed before my second marriage began. So at that point, I was told, okay, it's not a legal marriage; it's void. And according to the Supreme Court, it says that if a, more, if a marriage is done like that, it's void from its inception. There's no paperwork because the marriage wasn't legal, and to file for divorce would to legalize it. So I presented that to the court, and it's like, you know, you want to try to get me first support, that's fine. But the marriage wasn't legal. The well, that, that, that doesn't off. matter. Uh, this is California, correct, where you got married? I got married in California, but I got divorced in New Mexico. Yeah, I mean, that, that doesn't care. It's, uh, what ends up happening is, and I think California may still argue to uh, – to, uh, retain jurisdiction uh but right because now i'm being nailed because it's she's actually because of my cancer and i cut that actually from the chemicals in iraq because of that every three months for the last several years she's taken me to court because these nice little websites say that if you file 30 40 50 500 times eventually you can really do some damage to a guy so after every three months well no you can here's what you can have hold on a minute you can stop that because if she keeps on filing and you have a record of her filing over and over and over again, uh, what you can do is uh, ask the court to, to uh, call her a vexatious litigant, one who's using the court just to harass you. Right, uh, Bill, but the, problem, but the problem with that, though, is that, you know, while I had uh, cancer, I called the hospital or called the, the court, told them, I'm in chemo right now. Court says you're going to have a warrant. You're just not the same as not being here. You're not. Allowed, I can't file anything now until I pay the five thousand for the warrant. And it's all based on the fact that on a hearing that's on a tape recording in New Mexico, she said, "Did the army tell you to give me your leave money?" I said, "No." She asked that three times, and okay. three years after the fact, she went back and told okay. the judge. Okay, you've got a com- you've got a complicated enough issue. It is so time for you to get a family law attorney, a divorce I can't attorney. Afford it. <laughs> Well, I, I, believe me, I know that. And I just, yeah, I, there know, are okay. There are all kinds of organizations out there for uh, service service people. Now it's a question of you researching. Uh, oh, I've done a lot. <laughs> and it, and then there's no and nobody can help you. The problem is by by coming to California and now it's in New Mexico and because she's filed, you know, like I said, she she found a couple sites that I found out from my kids that taught her a lot. Because the more you file, of course, the more is she doing. Is she doing it on? Order. She's doing it on her own. Yeah. Well, she's been going to um, like these little um, shelter places and. Okay, I mean, but so, so let me ask you. Now, but, so she has the ability to go to these places and get lawyers and get help, but you're saying you don't, and you're a yeah, because, ser- and you're a okay. serviceman who uh, right. was uh, wounded in uh, overseas, yeah. and there's no organization out there that's willing to help you. There's actually one organization in New Mexico that actually is set up to help uh, somebody specifically like me unless somebody files a charge against you. Now, 
if somebody who's 800 miles away obviously couldn't be at your house. Yeah, and I don't know. You know, here's I, I and I don't. But I don't. That alone kicked me out of the system. For I, I don't know what to tell you. I mean, I, I unfortunately I don't know where to go on this one, and I, I appreciate you calling, but I just I just don't know where to go. If the court system is screwing you, if the court system says uh, you didn't show up because you were in the hospital and dying and we're going to call it and give you a warrant anyway, if a judge is willing to say too bad, if uh, the system allows her to sue every three months for years, if the system, I don't know where to go. I mean, that's unfortunately, I truly don't know where to go on that. This is Handle on the Law. is handle on the law marginal legal advice hello dave uh, you're up welcome to the show yeah milk is it would it be possible with all this uh, stuff going on in honduras where we've had uh, american people like george Soros uh go down and pay them money to march up here and cost us a hundred million dollars just to control all this stuff. Okay, well, would I don't. What, what, would, it, would it be possible for for us to sue him for treason? Uh, well, no, you don't sue anybody for treason. You arrest them for treason. Well, okay, arrest them for treason. Yeah, and who are you? And who are you going to ask to arrest him for treason? Well, that that's why I'm calling you. Yeah. Well, okay. Do you have a? Uh, just look up the number of the Justice Department, okay? Because that's a federal crime, and that's uh-huh. the Department of Justice. Uh, and call them and ask them, who do I talk to to have George Soros arrested for treason? Well, I think it would be a good idea. That would be a great idea. But you have to, you have to obviously, and they're going to go, what kind of treason? You have to tell them. Uh, and, you know, let's let's find out. Do, do me a favor. Can we uh, give them the phone number of the Justice Department? Because I think there is one uh, U.S. attorney that specializes in treason charges against billionaires who bring people across the border illegally. I think there I think there is one. Do you have any idea how stupid you're sounding? I understand. All right, excellent. Good for you. What I love about this show. I I love this stuff truly. Nicole. Hi Nicole. You're up. Welcome to Handle on the Law. Good morning. I have a question. If there is a statute of limitations on unpaid legal fees for divorce sure. in California. Sure. It's four, there four, is. Yeah, okay. Four years. How long has it been? At least 10. Oh, you're fine. Is someone going after you? Yeah. You say, no, uh, thank you. It's been, it's been 10 years. Say, thank you very much. Read, you're a lawyer and you don't know the statute? Who's calling you? A collection agency? No, some arbitration lawyer from Tennessee who's handling the case. Ah, you tell him about the statute. Okay, so okay. it does apply. I, 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 well, I don't okay. know. I don't. If he's suing you in Tennessee, I don't know what the statute is in Tennessee. I happen no, to have... the, the guy works in Tennessee, but my case is in California. Oh, uh, then he probably is. It's a California case. Yeah, it's 10 years. I mean, yeah, it's four, it it's four from, years. It's four years. It went from, you have to show up for a deposition. I got no paperwork. Yeah, don't, don't even show up. And they're going to get all kinds of judgment. What you want to do is write to the court. Uh, if you're supposed to show up for a deposition, uh, you write to the lawyer, put it uh, in writing saying, it has been 10 years. There is no, okay, so there, right there the, is no right lawsuit here. Yeah. Right to the lawyer to whom I owe the money. Yeah, so, I've received nothing, no paperwork, okay. anything. Just then calls. there's no, then there's nothing to do at this point. If he calls, you just say, "Hey, there's a statute of limitation here. 
uh, you're okay. way, way off. And then if he does depose you, you write him in writing a letter. Uh, well, that's in writing, isn't that that's what a letter is? Or yeah. you, you send an email and you say, hey, you know, the statute is, is so gone. What are you doing? And then if okay. he's crazy enough to keep on going in light of the statutes, he's in a world of hurt. Okay? Okay. Great. Thank uh, you so much. All right. You got it. Tennessee. Also sent him a recipe for squirrel soup. Uh, there are some very good ones out there for sure. I wonder his office, probably in a uh, an old dilapidated building with a couch out in front with a, uh, springs that have been sprung and uh, you know, car in the front yard in the front parking lot on cinder blocks. So anybody listening in Tennessee, by the way, I'm don't be offended. <laughs> right. All right. This is Handle on the Law. Saturday, two more hours to go, right up until 11 o'clock. Leo Laporte, followed by uh, Neil Saavedra with the Fruit Report. Tomorrow morning, 9 o'clock, a special broadcast of the House Whisper with Dean Sharp. They're broadcasting uh, live upstairs. We have a, a studio, sort of a performance area, and a bunch of people are going to be coming and uh, joining Dean. I'm going to be there because it's free food. And I want to point something out. You're probably, you probably haven't been invited because if you were, you would have known by now. All right. Just trying to make you feel better. This is Handle on the Law. Marginal legal advice where I tell you you have no case whatsoever. There is a 70-year-old guy, Percy Hodges, who is a uh, mortuary director. He owns, uh, or I think he owns, a funeral home. Uh, and this is out in Georgia. And uh, the State Bureau of Investigation believes that uh, Mr. Hodges was storing the bodies of uh, folks who had died. Usually bodies are folks who have died. And uh, he said, uh, and he stored them in a shed out back until they were claimed or funeral arrangements were made. And there were a few that were not claimed No arrangements were made, and I'm assuming something happened with uh, the counties. Usually when nobody claims the bodies, the county has a a system by which bodies are picked up and buried or cremated. Certainly L.A. County, where I live, has one of those. But I'm assuming either something they don't or something happened, and my guess is something happened. So uh, they come out. And start investigating, and uh, there in the back are uh, a couple of boxes, and uh, nothing. You know, they're looking through it because some, someone given them a tip, and they open up one box, and uh, there is uh, there's a bunch of bodies. There was one casket that was trying to be sold at a scrapyard, and unfortunately, the casket when it was. Uh, opened or offloaded, there were human bones in the casket. See, that's a problem. You're not supposed to do that. So he was arrested on Thursday, charges including abandoning dead bodies. Now, 
This is back in the 80s or 90s, uh, as far as his memory is concerned. And I didn't know there was a crime, I guess, in Georgia, abandoning dead bodies. I imagine there probably is. And how can you get upset with him? Hey, you don't have the money for a funeral? Let me tell you, your loved one goes out and back in a shipping container and just sits there in a shed until you pay up. Can you understand that? I can. No money, no funeral. There you go. I love this. And then uh, they took a stock photo for some reason on this story. It's an AP story. And it's just a, a photo of an open casket. That's it. Just a casket with the top half, you know, the the open part, open. All right. So much for that. Uh, Let's take uh, some uh, phone calls. All right, Peter. Uh, There you go, Peter. What's up? Welcome to Handle on the Law. Yes. Yeah. Hello, Bill. Yes, sir. Uh, A while back, uh, I had a kidney stone, and it didn't pass. So the doctor had to go in and remove it. A couple years later, well, not quite a couple years later, um, uh, I have another kidney stone. Doctor goes back, and he has to remove it again, and he says it's part of the old kidney stone that the first doctor left in there. So now it looks like I have to have a third surgery uh, to remove okay. part of the ureter and take the old wow. kidney stone out. But, but let, so let, well, hold on a minute. Let me ask a, a question. Okay. Uh, it was, if he was coming in to remove a new kidney stone, do I have that right? Second doctor, new kidney stone? Well, they did, when they, it appeared, uh, they did some tests and scans, and, they, and it looked like there was another kidney stone in there. So that's what he did. He had to go back in it. That no, I, I understand out. that. And was there a second kidney stone? No. It was, a, it was part of the first ah, kidney stone. Ah, okay. And now he had to go in, and uh, there you go. Uh, now, because of that, uh, a good part of your reader, uh, yeah, that part of your body, uh, right. you know, the urethra. Right or you? Yes, exactly. I, ureter. Yeah, ure, yeah ureter. Ah, there you go. Uh, this is why I get paid for this. Can you imagine? And uh, they, a good part of that has been removed. Well, no, they're gonna. It looks like they're gonna have to go back in now and do a third surgery and cut me open and pull part of that ureter out and sew it back up and um, wow, that whole mess. All right, yeah, it sounds like a malpractice case. Uh, it does. And okay. so that's easy. I mean, uh, I would uh, certainly if it were me. Uh, as a matter of fact, if you were asking me for a referral, uh, I would say, number one, yeah, it smells like a case. And two, uh, if you don't have a lawyer, go to the website. Go to handleonthelaw.com. And uh, okay. now a lawyer may blow you out of the water uh, saying that uh, it's not enough damages. I mean, going through surgery, uh, it would be much better if you had permanent forever damage, like you could never pee again. Well, that could be. Uh, well, it, hey, that's good. Never peeing again is very strong. That's sad. That's yeah. It, well, it's sad for you. I mean, I pee fine. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, that sounds like a malpractice case. Oh, for sure. Art. Hello, Art. Hey, about two weeks ago, uh, I got locked out of my Apple iPhone because I updated my operating system. And when I, as part of the process, you have to enter your ID and your password. I put in the wrong password because there's a string of letters, and one of them has to be a lowercase letter. Well, I didn't realize that, and I tried entering it three times, got locked out of the phone, and now Apple has me locked out of the phone for a total of 24 days. Okay, have you gone to an Apple store? Yes. 
And uh, they did they reback? They, they went ahead and put you back in the system, correct? No, they can't do that. They say it's all in corporate uh, in their computers down up in Cor- uh, Cupertino, and there's nothing they can do about it. I just have to wait the 24 days. Now that seems to be excessive. Well, just, yeah, it could be, but uh, what do you what are you going to do about it? Are you really going to sue Apple? Well, yeah. Is, is it worth my time to even try? Um. Sure. You file a lawsuit against Apple, and they have some of the finest, not just lawyers, they have some of the most high-end law firms on the planet. Yeah. So, yeah, that's uh, certainly worth it. Now, yeah. you can argue in, you can sue them in small claims court and say, and try to figure some kind of value of not having your 24 days worth of a telephone. I mean, I think there's value there. And uh, they're going to argue, well, effectively, you have to establish that that's beyond a reasonable time. They should have straightened you out. From the time you were locked out till the time you first contacted Apple, how long a period was that? Well, I contacted them the first day. Okay, so that's number one. And you went to the Apple store, or when do they tell you that you have to wait 24 days? How many days after that? Three days later. Okay, so uh, three days, and uh, so you have to, uh, how long is a reasonable time for corporate? Maybe a week? Does that make sense? Yeah, you know, these guys have supercomputers. No, I understand that, but it's a question of going up and submitting your phone and doing all that uh, because they're not going to jump you at the front of the line. Uh, So uh, a few days, maybe a week. So uh, you basically, I would argue, three weeks uh, that you were screwed out of a phone two and a half weeks. Yeah, there's some value there. You just have to figure out what it is. Okay. And if you're very lucky when you go in front of a small claims judge, he's been screwed by a phone company too. <laughs> and incidentally, I don't know anybody who hasn't been screwed at some point or another by a phone company. Sounds like a winner. All right, yeah, give it a shot. It's just a, the problem here is ascertaining what the damages are. And there are some damages, uh, obviously, but uh, you have to have a, uh, a specific number. In front of a small claims court, you have to have a number. I am suing for $500, $5,000, and establish some kind of a proof, uh, some kind of proof for that. So uh, that's not an easy position to be in, but fighting Apple, if you're doing it through lawyers, <laughs> that's what you want to do. This is Handle on the Law. Good morning on a Saturday. Handle with the legal show. Back we go to handle on the law. Marginal legal advice. Carol. Hello, Carol. Hello, Bill. Yes, ma'am. Thank you uh, for taking my call. Sure. My my nephew in his thirties um, was arrested in a you know in a gas station, and a officer was there I guess on his motorcycle saw some drug paraphernalia on this back seat, and then cited him. Did not arrest him. Did not handcuff him. Cited him, and uh, for having drug paraphernalia and suspicious substance, but didn't even pull it out of the car. Within seven days, we started getting these um, advertisements from attorneys. So he was, uh, he wasn't even cited? He was, he was, excuse me, he, uh, yes. He was, he was arrested, correct? He he was arrested, but not taken anywhere. 
He okay, was hold on. To drive away. He was. Uh, wait a sec. He was arrested. They put handcuffs on him. No, they wrote a ticket. Oh, it was a ticket. Okay. Yeah. So within seven days, we start getting on uh, one day four solicitations from attorneys. I understand that. But on one of them, I have trouble. It is a eight and a half by 11 folded page and a half with a piece of scotch tape folding it. And on the first of the two, they wrote, you have been arrested for a misdemeanor. Okay, that was on, okay that was on the outside, not the inside Correct. of the fold. Correct. Oh, it just says uh, right you've been arrested. His, oh, okay. Right next to his name. Ah, address. all right. And the second one we got the day later, there was a stamp that says you're right again next to the address, your date of arrest, and they put in the date of okay. the arrest. Okay, fair enough. Is this a breach of the Bar Association in advertising? Absolutely or? not. Okay. There the, wouldn't be a attorney. breach. There wouldn't be a breach. I mean, it's sleazy as hell, but there's no breach. It's a, yeah, okay. it's a public it's a public record. Okay. And he's being informed that hey, there's a public record of your arrest and hire us to take care of it. And we get to tell your neighbors and your postal carriers so and what? anybody No, they don't, who's going to tell? Well, it just puts a blight because How does it put a blight? Community. <laughs> you know? wait a sec. Your community knows that he's been arrested. How does a community get hold of that? I have a question. Uh, it's sent to we, you. If, it's sent to you. A blabbermouth uh, mail carrier or anything ah, like that. So it's a blabbermouth mail carrier. So wouldn't be the, it would be the blabbermouth mail carrier. And is your mail carrier a blabbermouth? I don't. I don't think so. But okay. very friendly, and we all congregate there. All right, and he time. and he is the kind of person that would say, "Hey, Carol's nephew just got, he's getting all kinds of solicitations in the mail." No, Absolutely no, no evidence. Right. No. Yeah. All right. So your question is: your question was, is it an ethical breach? Mm, I don't exactly. think exactly. No, I don't think so. I think it's just sleaze. Uh, I do, uh, because the point is, it's a public record, and even if, uh, what are you going to do? And by the way, in terms of, it's embarrassing to him. Uh, the truth is an absolute defense to any defamation suit. That is the problem. Don, hello, Don. Hi, hi, Mr. Handel. Yes. Go ahead. Thanks for, thanks for taking my call. Um, just recently, my uh, fam- a family member flew to New York from South Carolina. Hey, well, you know what? Let me do this, Don. Let me do this. Let me pick you up after the break. Okay. Because sure. I don't, I don't want to cut you off short. Okay. Yeah, sure. Go ahead. All right. Uh, all right. Before we uh, take that break, uh, let me tell you about LifeLock. Uh, this is about having your identity stolen. And you do not want that to happen. It is, it's truly a nightmare to unravel that. I mean, you, you get through it, but it's hundreds of hours and it's crazy. And someone's identity is stolen every two seconds. So let me suggest contacting the folks at LifeLock. And this is personal experience talking uh, about how good LifeLock is. Uh, a few months ago, some cockroach tried to seal my daughter's identity. We were instantly informed and it was just shut down. That's what LifeLock does. And uh, if... Uh, you get LifeLock, uh, you're talking about some pretty serious protection. Now, no one can prevent all identity theft or monitor every transaction, every business. But LifeLock can uncover threats that you might otherwise. Actually, you probably will miss. Join, get 10% off your first year. Call 800-LIFELOCK. Use the promo code HANDLE. 800-LIFELOCK, promo code HANDLE. Or visit LifeLock.com, promo code HANDLE. 
This is Handle on the Law. morning right up until 11 o'clock welcome back to handle on the law marginal legal advice all right don uh welcome to handle on the law how are you doing yes sir okay well just recently had a family member fly from uh, north carolina up to new york to have some cancer surgery breast cancer and she had a full mastectomy and Four days later, it was laser laser surgery, so recovery was pretty good. Four days later, Friday, she flies home. She's going to the airport in, in New York. I don't know, I don't know which airport it was, but TSA pulled her out of the line. She's all bandaged up with a drain and everything. Pulls her out of the line and runs her through the friggin' ringer. I mean, they, what does that what does that they, mean? They just pulled her out. They made her take off her top strip they thought she had a bomb strapped to her okay chest or something. and 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 this was uh done uh, obviously in a private room they pulled her out of the in, in a secured area i'm, I'm pretty sure it, okay I'm, I'm sure it had to so been, when yeah. that when you say pulled her out of line uh did they grab her arm or did they say ma'am uh would you please come here well, so her uh, her husband was with her, and I'm not sure exactly what happened, but uh, from the what I've heard so far is they just, you know, they they were pretty bad about it. Okay, I mean, I don't so know, I'm sure they didn't grab her, but they they saw her bandages. They yeah, no, I understand. Drink. Is it? But let me ask you: Is it reasonable when she goes through the line and the and uh, someone is all strapped up for them to say, you know what, we have to make sure that's not a bomb? Is there anything? Yeah, on, I mean. I can see their point, but I mean, they could do it. They could could have probably done it a little more nicely. And, and I don't know what that. And I don't know what that means. But wait a sec, you weren't there. And uh, here's my question. I mean, it may very well have happened that way, but they could have done it nicer, more nicely, as you say. What did they do? You say they pulled her out of line. Then I say, did they literally pull her out? Well, no. Uh, and did they just ask her? Say, ma'am, would you please come in the room? We have to make sure. We have to do a, a search. Well, I don't know. See, that's the problem. Yeah. And even assuming that they were, I'm not, I don't think they grabbed her arm. I don't think they do that unless she's resisting. But right. assuming they were just idiots or assuming they were bastards, assuming they were uh, uh, bad-natured about it, okay, now what? All you do is you complain to the TSA and you say, I don't appreciate the way I was treated. Well, I'm sorry, ma'am. Uh, it's a report and we'll talk to the TSA uh, agent. I mean, that's all that's going to happen. I mean, what do you want? I mean, Don, literally, what 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 are you looking for here? I, I'm not, I don't know. I just thought maybe an emotional distress claim. No, God, no. no. Oh, geez. Um, emotional distress for being pulled out of line and there and checking to see if there's a bomb when she's wrapped up in bandages. Uh, I, uh, I don't get it. I mean, it's yeah. All right. You know, John's been on the line forever, and so why not? All right, John. Good morning. Um, I hired a contractor for an insurance claim on my home uh, because of just horrible work and taking too long to finish. I'd like to, you know, basically fire the company. Can they put a lien? Sure. Sure. And you just bond to it? And if uh, they do and it's a wrongful lien, yeah, but you bond to it. So it's not the end of the world. 
so it, it's not that complicated when they throw a lien on. And then when you get it worked out and you negotiate or you go to court, whatever, the lien's removed. Everybody's scared to death of liens. Do you plan on selling the house anytime soon? Uh, not soon. Then you don't worry about it. Until you want to sell the house, uh, don't even worry about the lien. Now, you can't just leave it there, but you have to de- and you have to deal with it, but uh, they're not going to reduce remove the lien just because you want them to. Now, you can remove the lien by setting up a bond uh, as against the lien, and then you have a bond issue that's in place. So uh, there's there's a bunch of different ways of doing it, but don't don't sweat bullets. You know, everybody's scared to death of that. I, I wouldn't bother. Okay, would it take an attorney to... No, I don't think so. I don't think so. Uh, you call... Um, I, the first place I'd get... Look in the Internet. Bond, uh, construction, bond, liens to the house, that sort of thing. You'll get through it. Okay. Shouldn't be a huge problem. Uh, not at all. Uh, oh, God. We have we have to go to number one. Uh, if it's at this line, I mean, I've already, I'm, I'm loving this question. We'll do that in, uh, uh, we'll do that in a heartbeat because it's just so good. Uh, all right, Joey, we'll go with you. Hello, Joey. Welcome. Hi. Yes. Uh, my wife's the one that initially called in. I'll be able to explain. Uh, hi, Mr. Randall. Yeah, she called in for what? Okay, so we woke up this morning, and our our money's been taken out of our account. We called the bank. We thought it was fraud charges. They said they have a court order. Ah, okay. And we have no idea what it's from. All right, well, you have to uh, – they're going to give you a copy of it, and it is fraud. And in the end, you'll get your money back probably, and I wouldn't doubt it. How much money are we talking about? Uh, $1,000. Right. Okay. I mean, is it going to kill you to lose that $1,000? I mean, are you not going to eat? No. Okay. So now it's just a question of just procedurally going down. You want to get a copy of the lawsuit against you. You can look that up on the internet. You can. Uh, you, they'll give you a copy of uh, the cleaning out of the account. Who was it that did it? Probably the sheriff's office uh, is my Maybe, guess. Uh, sorry to interrupt. Uh, no, it's okay. And then you just track it down and find out what's happening. They gave me a phone number to an attorney. Okay. And they gave me, a, uh, I guess, a, a a number. All right. So you call. So you, you call that. You, so you look up the number. You call because someone there's a plaintiff on there, and you call up the uh, you call up the attorney and go, "Hey, this is fraud. We were never sued. We don't know what this is about. We don't know who your who your client is." And just start moving down the, the just start moving down the road. Okay. At this point, there's nothing legal to do. At this point, you're going through and you're in the investigative process. Okay, Richard, you're the one I wanted to talk to. Hi, Richard. Hello, this is Richard. Yes, it is. Hey, Handel, I would like to know: Can I carry a switchblade or a 32 uh, caliber revolver? Well, can you? Well, the revolver it, you can there, carry if it, you have a concealed. Is there, if you have is a concealed. Legal in California for me to to do any of that? Probably not. Uh, I think you can carry the revolver if you have a concealed weapon permit. That's okay. Uh, but I, other than that, uh, no, I don't think so. Why do you ask, Richard? Well, I, I think we're becoming a very lawless. Yeah, we are. State. Couldn't agree with and you more. I would like to have some kind of personal. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Uh, when I walk down the street. Yeah, okay. So uh, here's, uh, and I agree with you. I think you do need personal protection. I'll tell you when we really, really need personal uh, protection 
is when you carry the switchblade, they arrest you, put you in jail, and Bubba says, hey, sweetheart, why don't you come over here and let's have a good time? That's when you're going to need your switchblade. But unfortunately, you're not going to have the switchblade on you because they've taken it away just before they arrested you. Thanks for calling. Linda. Hi, Linda. About two weeks ago, I was in a car accident. I was in the right-hand turn lane, completely in the turn lane, getting ready to turn right at the light, and a small delivery truck came from behind me, passed me, and sideswiped me. Oh, all right. The driver kept going. So I was in the right-hand turn lane. I was forced to turn right. I had to make a U-turn and follow this driver for like a mile. Then when he saw me following him, he finally pulled over. So his insurance company, he had someone in his work truck with him. So, of course, his buddy is. Yeah, and they're saying that you're the one that uh, sideswiped him. They're saying he said I was going straight. Right, I get it. So what's your question? So right now, his insurance company has denied liability. Of course, of course. He won't talk to my insurance company. So my insurance company is like, well, we can't decide because we can't talk to them. Right. So you have to have your insurance company decide. Well, they said eventually they'll be on my side. Okay. As they said, no, it's a he said, she said. That is correct. So why would, why would they... I have a $500 deductible. Okay. So what's your question? What can I do? Pay the They're $500 going to subrogation well that's so you have nothing to do with subrogation don't worry about it subrogation is where the your insurance company pays you and then goes after the other driver so just as far as you're concerned has nothing to do with anything it doesn't connect with you uh and he's tried swipe me and i'm stuck i understand but here's the problem it's your word for it yeah that's it it's your word for it and, he's, and there are two people on the other side. Now, the fact that uh, there was a passenger in there, uh, they take into account that, uh, yeah, of course the passenger is going to lie on behalf of his buddy. Well, it's, that's what my insurance company says is he can't use him for a witness. Uh, well, he can, but he, no one's going to pay attention to him. But so, Well, the other insurance company, when I talked to them, they said we're waiting to talk to the other okay, driver so it's all make a decision. Right. Okay, so you have to wait until they talk. And if they don't, his insurance company, and that's after they talked to the passenger. Okay. They made. What's your question? What's your question? I'm just trying. I don't want to pay five hundred dollars when. Then you're not. Then if if the insurance company, the other insurance company denies, and you put it into your insurance company, you're going to pay the deductible, or you're going to sue him, in small claims court. Well, that was my question. If the insurance company is involved, can I sue him? No. No. If your insurance company is getting into it, then you've turned it over to your insurance company. And it's out of my control. Yeah, pretty much. And they may settle. They may pay him. They may say you're at fault as much as he's at fault. It's even Stephen. We're denying. Everybody's denying. And uh, we'll pay on uh, your comprehensive and pay your deductible. But his truck had just a tiny little dent. Doesn't that? And doesn't, my car has 3000 That's why you're probably going to use your comprehensive and pay the $500 deductible. All right. Yeah, no, just uh, that's your all right. Life is terrible. Oh yeah. I woke up this morning thinking that way. Oh yeah. I don't want to come here to work. Oh, I have to. Oh. Okay. This is handle on the law. We all have a hunger. 
Guy Handel here on a uh, Saturday morning. Welcome back. Handel on the law. Hi, Mary. Hello, Mary. You're up. Yes, good morning, Bill. My question is regarding property tax penalty. I missed the deadline last year. I And when I realized it, I, I sent my payments, both first and second installment, by U.S. Priority Mail, by one-day service. And then they slapped the penalty on me, saying that I didn't make it to the, the deadline the day before. Do I have any recourse? I told them that you well, know, you, you know, yeah, you don't have you don't have time. any you don't have any legal recourse. Uh, what you have is uh, get on your knees and beg recourse. And as, I did, I've done that, and they're I not willing, and they're not willing to move. No, they're okay. not. Okay, so here we go. Uh, think of what the recourse is. It's uh, the day is the tenth that it is due. Starting the 11th, the penalty kicks in, 10% or whatever it is. They received it on the 11th. What would your lawsuit be? What would your claim be? Well, I was saying to them that I never have been delinquent. We never got the that's, mail. Or, and, and, that's okay, true, okay. You've never been delinquent. Congratulations. And, and, and so now what? Still, even with that. Even with that, they said they wouldn't allow. I, I, I actually said humanitarian purposes. Like, oh, they don't care. They don't care. But let me ask you, okay. uh, you know, if you if I get into a car accident with you and let's say you rear end me, is your defense I've never been in a car accident before? <laughs> no, but I mean, uh, is that really the same scenario? That yeah, exactly. It's you had missed your deadline. Okay. It's that that's the beginning and the end of this argument. Okay, and yeah. so that was the only thing was the big humanitarian thing. And they don't care about humanitarian. That, I mean, you can argue humanitarian, and what is, okay, let's say it's humanitarian. What is the humanitarian issue? That we have a lot of out-of-pockets because of my husband's that's, cancer diagnosis. Yeah, I don't think that's not, that's not going to fly because they they're going to ask you, well, why aren't you paying us first? <laughs> well, because we didn't get the mail notice. Ah, okay, so there's a defense. There, how many people who are late would argue we didn't get the mail on time? Uh, yeah, I, exactly. Thank you so much. Oh, yes. Uh, love that. Uh, Scott. Hello, Scott. You're up. Welcome. Hi. Yes. Two years ago, we bought our primary residence. Um, the lot was advertised at 13,000 square feet with a house of 3,000 square feet. Um we had planned to add a room onto the lot or onto the house. Um, we discovered that the lot was only 9,000 square feet. And so the city won't allow us to make the house any bigger ah, due to the okay. house to lot. Now, who told you it was 13,000 square feet? The sellers and the advertisement brochure. All right. So they, so they misre- All right. So they misrepresented. Well, okay. Here's what we've discovered since. There was an asterisk that says, per the assessor's office, we pulled the assessor's information, and they're right. The assessor is wrong. It shows it at 13000 Okay, so there's a mistake there. So, and you still want to build the, uh, you want to build the addition, and they're not letting you build it, correct? Yes. You you are going to ask for a variance uh, based on exactly that scenario. So, so we did to the city that we live in. And they've declined. Of that. course, they decline. They always decline. So you, right. So you appeal it. You you appeal it. You appeal it. 
And uh, then if it's uh, – the problem is what you also have a diminution of value, and you get to sue the county for that, the county assessor's right. office. And uh, I that, guess that's be, what I was really yeah. wondering. And that's probably you can. But what – yeah, you can. Uh, but good God, suing a county yeah. agency – Right. Wow. Right. Now, you might be right. able to because there may – well, it wouldn't be any sanctions, but it's uh, it's not easy. It could be one of those that the hassle of straightening this out is so enormous that it may not be worth it and you just uh, – you got screwed by the system. <laughs> I mean, it may yeah. boil down to that even though clearly you, got, you were screwed by the assessor's office. Incidentally, how did they know it was 9,000 square feet? When you applied for the permit, they came out and said it was 9,000 square feet? Yeah, the um, the parcel was subdivided many years ago, and so there's there's two conflicting sets of Oh, all data. right. And the assessor and is one. Who's the other? The, the uh, Actually, L.A. County's map system contradicts itself. And so on some records, it shows the original lot. All right. I, yeah, you've got your boy. You have you have an issue. Have you done a survey? And have you found uh, no, out the exact uh, footage? Um, I haven't done a survey. You, you have to, I'm certain it would prove it to be 9,600 square feet. All right. There's no other way. Then you, you have to ask property. for uh, a variance and you have to appeal that. Uh, their decision is say no because they tend to do that. You get to go through the appeals and look at suing the county. But I don't know. I mean, the cost and the hassle of suing a county, I mean, just uh, for uh, the diminution of value and what's it worth in terms of money. I mean, all you could sue for is uh, actually the variance. And that's it. This is Handle on the Law. tell you you have absolutely no case as we know uh, president trump is a big fan of calling out the news media and saying the major news outlets mainstream media is nothing but fake news and don't believe one word of anything they say so if this thing actually does go south for the president and it turns out that it is reported it is fake news which is why I don't think President Trump is going to have much of a problem. Because, first of all, anything comes out of the Mueller investigation is a witch hunt to begin with. And then anything that's reported uh, that's anti-Trump is fake news. So he is all set up uh, in terms of uh, a, a major defense. But let me tell you what happens in France. France is a very different country. Uh, the French National Assembly approved two laws to crack down on false information during election campaigns. Uh, So they're saying, we also don't agree with fake news, but here is the difference. This is oversight. This is not merely a president saying, don't believe anything that the news media has to say. The new law will empower judges in the run-up to elections to order Internet firms to remove incorrect or misleading allegations or accusations. 
uh, that are likely to bias elections if they're widely published. So uh, before a judge uh, is issuing an order, there has to be a fair amount of evidence provided to a judge because judicial oversight is very different than any single person saying that this is fake news, a la the president, and then shutting it down. Although uh, fake news would never be able to be shut down in the United States because of First Amendment rights. You can say anything you want, short of uh, damaging sort of uh, defamation, which you still can say. You just get, you just get uh, nailed for it. You get sued for it. This new law also provides broadcasting authorities wide powers to reject or cancel licenses to radio station or TV stations that are owned or influenced by foreign governments. And this is very similar to the law in the United States. I don't think foreign governments can own radio stations or TV stations in the United States. So the bottom line is that uh, fake news cannot be used in France. The difference is there are controls on defining fake news and who stops fake news. Very different than what we have here, uh, that fake news cannot be stopped except that uh, the laws allowed lawsuits. And the president can go on uh, with total impunity saying, don't believe anything, anybody, any outlet that disagrees with me because it's all fake. All right. Phone calls. Hello, Phil. Phil, you're up. Welcome to Handle on the Line. Hello. Yes. Hello. Yes. Can you hear me? Oh, yeah, I got you. Yeah, hey, listen, I'm asking a question. Uh, Mother-in-law is about 60-some years old. She's kind of an alcoholic, and she wants to make a will. Is there a competency problem or not? No, no. As long as she knows what she's doing, she can be an alcoholic all she wants. Matter of fact, she can be okay. she can be drunk out of her mind and uh, okay. create a will. Now, later on, someone can say she was drunk and didn't know what she was doing, but, you know, that's a, that, that, that's a question of proof. How do they prove she was drunk? That's all I need to know. Okay, girl. excellent. Alcoholic mother-in-law. It's always a good story. I, I'm sure there was more to that, but uh, yeah, I wasn't going to go there. All right, Andy, welcome to Handle on the Law. Yes, sir. Okay, I want to know if I can cancel the contract that I have with my alarm system. They also monitor my uh, fire detectors, and uh, it's gone off three times, and I haven't received a phone call from them or the fire department. So and I don't feel safe with them anymore. Yeah, so well, I, I think they breached the contract. And uh, did you did you tell them the first, the second time that that happened? Um, this has happened before, and they came out to fix it. Yes. Okay, and, so they know, uh, and it still continues again. on. Yeah, I would argue breach. Now you're going to get into a an interesting screaming match with them because they're going to ding your credit probably, and that's what they really have. That's all the ammunition that they have and gives them the power because in the end, even if you win, Andy, up until that time where they, I don't even know if they're going to sue you. They just may ding your credit and you refute it. And the power someone has in ruining someone else's credit is enormous. Right. Uh, But uh, yeah, I think there's enough there, especially if you put it in writing. Uh, Now they may argue, well, you didn't give us a chance to fix it. And you say, yeah, I did. I complained, you came in, you fixed it, you didn't fix it. So I think there's enough there to uh, argue breach and to get out of the contract. Now, what happens after that, uh, that's a whole different world. So legally, you have a case. Now, practically, 
do you deal with these guys when they ding your credit and they harass you and they scream uh, and uh, it, it gets pretty crazy? Hey, Thomas, you're up. Welcome to Handle on the Law. Hello there. Uh, this is a, basically a probate trust question. I, uh, my father died five years ago. Uh, my sister was the uh, trustee uh, to the accounts. Um, he left me and my sister a nut farm. She was uh, in control of uh, the monies coming from that nut farm. Uh, just recently, about six months ago, we uh, separated out the properties and became our own. At that time, uh, un- unbeknownst to me, she closed out the, the trust account where all the monies had been kept for the, the nut farm and kept the entire sum, uh, some $27,000 or so. Anyway, I did. I just found out recently because I was the uh, successor trustee. I got that information. My sister just died three weeks ago. Mm. Uh, okay, yeah, where, so where, did I, the money, uh, where did the money go? Uh, basically into her own account. Yeah, no, uh, but is the, money, some, is, is the money still there? No, the, the money was uh, emptied out of the trust account uh, was about six months ago in October. I just found that out when I asked. Okay, for, uh, and it's fine. Like You're it. fine within the statute. Now the next question is, can you trace that money or she just spent it and it doesn't? it's not in any place? Uh, that I don't know. Well, uh, I'm dealing with her surviving husband. Uh, we have co- I've contacted our, our original trust lawyer. We're going to have a mediation and all that. Yeah, you're going to have to. And uh, legally, you may be able to go after uh, the money or the husband saying you knew or you should have known. But my guess is that money's gone. Yeah. And if you hire uh, a lawyer to really go after it, uh, you know, the legal fees alone are going to eat up a lot of that. Yeah, so I don't know where you're going to go. I mean, uh, I wish wish legally she didn't die uh, because that really complicates the case. Now, on your behalf, uh, if anybody stole $27,000 from me, I'd be thrilled that they're dead. You know, that's that's a... so there's a conflict of feelings right now. Let's put it that way. Well, there wouldn't be um, on my side. You know what? Let's let's look at it. Okay, uh, sister dies, twenty-seven thousand dollars. Oh yeah, I'll take sister dying any any day of the week. How old was she? Uh, she was seventy. Eh, what'd she die of? Uh, she had a massive heart attack about a year and a half ago, and it was sort of, sort of a low, uh, slow uh, downhill now, ride last couple last couple years. If you can trace it down to where uh, you can specifically say, here's the money, it went to the husband, although the husband can argue, hey, I had no idea. I wasn't the trustee, but you can say, but it's my money, and uh, chase it down. But I got to tell you, I, I, yeah. think you've got, I think you've got a hard uh, row to hoe or hoe to row or ho ho ho, whatever the hell that phrase is. This is Handle on the Law. It's you. to uh, KFI AM 640. More stimulating talk. Bill Handel, Saturday morning. And welcome to Handel on the Law. Marginal legal advice when I tell you you have absolutely no case. Hello, Marla. Welcome to Handel on the Law. Hi. Um, my question is that a couple of years ago, um, I divorced um, a guy that I'd been married to. But Here's the thing. I was in a relationship with his sister. <laughs> Whoa. Okay, this has gotten good. So you find okay. out that, wait a sec, you get married to the guy, and then you find out you are gay, or have you always been bisexual? Well, I've always been gay. Here's the thing. So why do you get, why do you get married to someone when you're gay? 
a man? Uh, um, I was in the military. I was in a high-profile job, and it was um, easier to be married than not. Ah, okay. So you had you. So you always had a relationship with this lady, and you got married yes. to effectively cover up uh, the possibility of anybody finding out you're gay because you're married. Do I have that right? Yes. Okay. All right. It makes sense. I'll buy that. Are you still involved okay. with the sister? Not. No. Okay, no, and one of, all right, did the sister uh, understand why you got married to her brother, and did the brother understand that uh, you... Absolutely. Oh, they both knew? Everybody knew what was going on? Everybody knew what was going ah, on. Ah, okay, that, was, all right, fair enough, all right. Yeah. That's a good story, so, so then, go ahead. So four, what's four, your... four years into this relationship, um, uh, her and I decided to have a child. Um, he's 10 years old now. All right. And Two years ago, when I divorced him, it got ugly. Okay. Um, I was in the military. They sent me away uh, for one last PCS, which is, a, which is a permanent change of station. And I had to leave my child with her, him being autistic. I couldn't drag him around the countryside. Um, so I made the really hard decision to leave him with the other parent, which was her. Right. So hold on a minute. How about, uh, how about the husband? Was it, was that, is the child biologically his? No. Okay. He, he was a cryo. Oh, you went, you went to a sperm bank? Yes. Okay. Whose name is on the birth certificate? Mine, because I'm the biological mother. Yeah. And his, because. He's the presumed because he's like, all right, and he's the presumed father yeah. under the law. Okay, so yeah. uh, but your your custody battle is with the girlfriend, correct? Because you left the child with a girlfriend, and why didn't yeah. he? Why didn't he want the child? Well, because he really doesn't. Uh, he really isn't involved with the okay, child. Okay, fair enough. So he's only involved. Got it for her. Got it. Okay, so uh, so you leave the child with her ex girlfriend. And how long did she have the child? Well, so far it's been um, four years uh, because I went ahead. When I got divorced two years ago, um, I had to have a physical and a um, legal custody thing settled. And so the physical custody went to her, but we have 50-50 physical I'm sorry. Yeah, no, I understand. It's joint. You, you have joint. You have joint custody with her having physical custody. Okay, and she's yes. but she's had the kid for four years, right? Right. Because Whoa. I retired. Yeah. Yeah, I that's retired. a tough one. So what's your what's your that, that's a complicated issue. So Marla, what's your question? Yeah, I know. What's your question? My question is, uh, I'm gearing up to go back to court. Yeah. I have to get a change of venue. Um, and why? Because we moved uh, counties. Oh, okay. All right. So it, I, simply I, because. All right. I followed, Got it. All right. I followed her because she moved. All right. Um, okay. So when when we're doing the paperwork to serve the the uh, claimant, um, they're serving both of them. Although he's been out of the picture. Yeah, that's for, that's easy. I mean, they uh, and they do as a matter of course because he is the presumed father. And all he has to do is say uh, in court, I have nothing to do with this. The child is not with me, and I'm not the biological father. And if you agree to that, then uh, he's, uh, he's out of the picture. 
So it's all it's a technicality that he has to be brought into it because he's the presumed father, and that's all. That that's small. Right. that one's small potatoes, Marla. The problem you're going to have right. is with the problem you're going to have is with girlfriend, and right. she and she does not want to give up the kid. Correct? She doesn't want to give him up. She's not the biological. Yeah, well, but wait a minute. Hold on. It, but here's the problem you have. And by the way, this is one of those wobblers. You're going to argue that this is your child. And by the way, that is a huge argument. She's going to argue that this kid has been with her since this child was six years old and is now 10. And she is the parent as far as this kid is concerned. What she has Uh established is the quasi-parental relationship where biology doesn't matter, status doesn't matter, Effectively, Mm -hmm. this kid thinks I'm mom and I have been mom. And the legal argument is if it walks like a duck and talks like a duck, guess what? It's a duck Mm -hmm. and it doesn't matter if you call it anything else. You can call a duck a pig, but it's still a duck. And that's the argument you're going to have. Do you have a lawyer yet on this one? I do. Yeah, and that's that's the argument your lawyer is going to have to make. It's a family law attorney. And it's a fairly complicated issue, and you are going to have to argue that uh, it's it's time for you to have your child, and if nothing else, join custody. Now, does the kid know that you're mom? Of course. And uh, you have a mother-child relationship with the kid? Yes. All right. There's going to be a very interesting situation going on here where uh, this is your son, right? Yes. Your son is going to have to probably be um, uh, analyzed by a psychologist and figure out what his position is and how he views the girlfriend. Uh, it's fascinating uh-huh. case, but that those are the issues that you're dealing with. That is fascinating. This is Handle on the Law. This is... KFI AM 640, more stimulating talk. Bill Handel here, and welcome back to Handel on the Law, Marginal Legal Advice. Oh, Chris. Hi, Chris. Welcome. Hello. Yes, go ahead. Hi. Uh, is it possible for half-siblings to sue for visitation rights? No, not really. I mean, you can try. What kind of relationship do the half-siblings have with the other half-siblings that you want visitation? Uh, well, we're, there's nine of us. Five of us are from the same mother and father, and then there's two from another mother. And then the, the smallest two are under 10. Um, and the, and the, the, the first five of us that are, um, you know, we're all... All right, Chris, uh, you know, that's, that's too complicated for me. Uh, are the parents? Wait a sec. Are the parents of the child not allowing you to visit? Yes, the mother of the. Of the yeah, you're out of luck, um, Chris. You're out of luck. The mother has the call. The mother has. The Absolutely, call. mother controls that situation completely. Hello, Diana. Yes. Yes. Oh hi. <clears throat> Excuse me. Hi, Bill. Yes, ma'am. Um, there's a program called the Work Investment Act, Continued Training Benefits, funded by the federal government that goes to the county. You sign up for it under an orientation with a work source, which I did. Anyway, so um, the, the employees have to sign off on the program to ensure that you get your continued benefits. The employers or the employees? The employees of the work source. Okay. 
So um, I went through all my training, all my requirements, and they said that the application has to be given to the superior person who approves the application. Well, I said it's time sensitive. My benefits are running out, and I contacted the EDD, and I only have so many weeks to do this. So I sent an email. I met with my senator, told him I didn't get a response. I sent an email, and I sent an email to the uh, program manager. I'm kind of nervous, sorry. Okay, don't worry about it. And so I met with her recently. I told her what was going on. And I said, I want you to sign this. I did my eye train. Wait, wait you wanted wait a second. You wanted the senator to sign it? I'm sorry. The program manager has the final approval. Okay, so you want who did you want to sign it? The program manager. Correct. Okay. All right. So and, and, I, and the program manager wouldn't, or they wouldn't respond to it. She would not respond. Okay, to so it. then so you go to then you go to your senator. Uh, oh, I've, been, I've been to my um, now. Okay. When I looked at her, she said to me, "There is no money." I said, "Whoa, wait a minute." What's your fiscal year? She goes, uh, June, July to June 30th. Of All right, hold on a second. Hold on. Uh, there, is it true there is no money? That's what she said. No. If, if there's no money, there's no money. Right, but no one knows where it went. Oh, it doesn't matter if there's no money. Are you going to start the investigation and figure out where it went? Well, I have my representative's investigation. Then that, that's all they can do. I mean, what 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 do you want from me? I mean, what 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 is this well, phone call about? As far, I was damaged as far as they they blatantly lied. They they led you on. Yeah, I know that's not going. Yeah, Diana, that's not going to work because they're going to say at that time we had the money, or we didn't know we didn't have the money, or they cut funding. Of course, you were damaged. You didn't get the money. Right, but they knew there was no money. They How did, and they still let you do the application. Well, here's my defense. If I'm them, you know what? I wanted her, we asked, we allowed her to finish up because we were hoping money comes in. And if money came in, she'd be in a position right there to get it. So not only is, uh, are we not at fault for damages, we actually helped her in case money came in. And I, and I, do, under, and I do understand that point. But so where are you going to go? So where are you going to go? There's about $40 million. Now I understand, but that's not your, Diane, it's not your problem. That's not you. It's up to the investigation. You can start it and go to the senators, but what are you going to do? Are you now going to do a full audit of what happened? And by the way, as a citizen, you really are going to do a full audit. I asked him to. I told him I wanted to. No, 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 no. If if they can say yes or no, Diana, it's up to the agency. It's up to uh, whatever enforcement authority to do the audit. That's not your call. I can request it, though. Sure you can. (laughs) Of course you can request it. And so what what question can I answer? What would you like me to answer? Well, that was about it. I was okay. A- yeah, the answer is uh, uh, no, you can't do any of it. All right? And maybe you were screwed. Uh, maybe you weren't. And uh, they ran out of money. And do they have a duty to tell you they ran out of money? I don't even know. But I certainly would argue uh, we were out of money, and we simply wanted her to do the application because we anticipated money coming in. She goes, oh, no, no, you screwed me. Well, you can say whatever you want. Where's that going to go? Hey, Bill, welcome to Handle on the Law. What can I do for you? Um, about two years ago, a friend of mine passed away, and I have reason to suspect he may have left me something. All right. A hundred, a few thousand, whatever. Yeah, was there a um, will? Do you know if there was a will, Bill? Uh, there was a will. Okay, then that's and easy. You can just pull the will out. You can look at it. It's a public well, every, do- time I've, 
Every time I've gone to, uh, wherever I go, it seems to say, yeah, for a fee, uh, we can get you in touch with the will. No, but no, no. You pull, the, you pull the will. It's in the recorder's office. It's in the, the court registry. If they're going to charge you, it's going to be a nominal fa- uh, f- uh, fee for copying whatever. It's a public record. Okay. Yeah, all you do is call uh, the court registry. You can do it on the Internet. Okay. You look okay. at read the estate. Uh, read, you know, you have you have the guy's name, and it's re, Let's say it's John Smith. You just pull in read the estate of John Smith, and I'm assuming uh, you know what county he died. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're fine. Then you just pull it, and you'll see. You'll see no, if you got any money. Go, I don't need to go to handle.com. No, like no, that. no. You can do it yourself. All right. Thank All right. You very much. All right. That's easy. See, public documents are easy. The trick is when there's a trust involved. That gets tricky if you think you are entitled to uh, the trust uh, or any money under the trust. And if the trustee says, no, no, you're not in the trust, I have no duty to tell you or open the trust, then at that point you can file a lawsuit and they have to show you the trust. But, uh, you know, that's money and uh, you should have a, a pretty good notion that you're in the trust. Usually people who are beneficiaries of trust uh, know Hey, Sarah. Hi. Yes, ma'am. Good. What can I do for you? Um, I was married for 23 years. We divorced nine years ago. I had part-time employment at that time. I was awarded uh, spousal support, no minor children. He has now filed a motion to get the spousal support removed. Okay. So do, I need, do you think I have a chance of keeping it? Sure. You just argued to keep it. Uh, you, he has to file a motion based on something, change of circumstances. That, he has um, no work, and uh, he has to prove it to the court. If, in fact, he lost his job, Sarah, and he has no money, uh, you know what? The court's going to grant it. The court's going to say you don't have to pay until you are reemployed. Well, I'm assuming the spousal support was forever, right? It doesn't have an end date on it. Yeah, then it's forever. Then it's forever. Uh, it yeah, pretty much. But if he comes in, and uh, do you know if he's lost his job or not? No, but the thing is, is that I have gone from part-time to full-time work. I don't know if that, um, I don't know if that changes anything, frankly. But uh, you have to oppose the motion is what you have to do. You've, so got, to you've, get... got, you've got to go in there and oppose the motion. Does, has he, uh, does he have an attorney on it? Yes. Okay, then you get to get an attorney. Okay, thank yep. you very you, much. Yeah, you have no choice. Yeah, just because people file doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to get it. This is Handle on the Law. Hey! This is KFI AM640 for Stimulating Talk. Bill Handel here. Welcome to Handle on the Law. Welcome back for Marginal Legal Advice. Hey, Casey. Welcome to Handle on the Law. Thanks, Bill. Thanks for your time. Okay, a straightforward question here. Can I legally start a nonprofit in another state while doing business and residing in California? Sure. Okay. Yeah, nothing not stop. Nothing stops you. I mean, there has to be some business going on. I mean, you're talking about a nonprofit. It's a California nonprofit, and you live in California, but you want to file it in another state. Correct. Well, okay, and, and that's fine. But you're going to be under California law, as well as the law over there. And why would you do that? Let me ask you that. You know what? Just the paperwork that California subjects nonprofits to is crazy. 
Right. Um, and how and, about and wait a sec. So you're talking about just the California nonprofit, not the federal, uh, uh, because nonprofit is you know, nonprofit is still if you still have to ask for uh, an IN. Uh, what does it call it? IS or INS number. Correct. Uh, and, Correct. And that that's a federal issue. Yeah, I've got a CPA who lives in Washington State State who said file it up here. So your business address is up there. Yeah, I mean, I would. Yeah, I mean, I I have no problem doing that. Uh, The problem is, is that California may say no. (laughs) California may say no. And and the other state may say no, saying you've only filed here. There's nothing going on here. But I don't think there's any uh, with a nonprofit. What are they going to nail you for? Uh, What penalties? There's not going to be income off of it. Uh, so uh, let me put it this way: Does uh, your uh, your accountant says to go ahead and do it? There's not a problem. Yeah, good because he certainly knows much more about it than I do. Uh, excellent, Richard. Hello, Richard. Welcome to Handle on the Law. Hi, Bill. Love your show. Yes, you do. Um, so recently, I went to a fast food restaurant, relatively big name, and chipped my tooth when I was eating there. And I spoke with the manager uh, over the phone, and he claimed at the time they will pay for everything. So I got my teeth fixed and everything. I had my bill, and I went back to him, and he's all of a sudden saying that, no, no, the insurance will take care of it. We're not paying. I'm not writing a check. So yeah, he wouldn't write a check. I mean, uh, well, he, 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 he would yeah. never write a check. I mean, that's not yeah, what a manager right. does at a fast food establishment. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I understand. I just like I want to make sure that I have all my bases covered. Well, I'll tell you what you did. Now, hold on a minute. Here's where you don't have all your bases covered because you didn't go back and write a claim. You just did it on the phone. Right. That's problem number one. So you certainly don't have the bases covered. So now, how soon from the time? What was the time lapse between the tooth being chipped and going to the dentist? Uh, it was. Literally less than five days ago. Uh, no, I'm talking about the time lapse from bre- oh. breaking your tooth and then going to the dentist. What's that time lapse? I got lucky on that one because I happened to have a dentist appointment the very next day. Ah, so it was one. Okay, so it was one day. All right. Yeah, well, so that's enough. Day. And unless the manager is going to lie and simply say it didn't happen, he never complained. Right. Uh, I, I assume you have a phone call uh, to him, some record of the phone call. Uh, that you can come up with, and you make a claim for the cost of fixing the tooth. You turn uh-huh. it in. He'll give it to corporate, and uh-huh. uh, corporate will probably give it to the insurance carrier. Or uh, how much did it cost to fix the tooth? To put a cap in or whatever uh, you do. They it costs out of pocket five five hundred something. I mean, okay. the total is close to a thousand, but they oh. only charge me five something. All right, so that's five hundred dollars. I mean, it doesn't matter what uh, it would have cost, what they charge you, it's what you paid. So right, effectively, exactly. you've got a five hundred dollar claim against them. The corporation may just write you a check because it's right, easier right. than going. But make go ahead and ask, make a demand letter, send it to him mm-hmm. saying, "Here are my expenses." Get the bill saying, "I cracked my tooth on this day at this time." I called you. When did you call him, by the way? How soon uh, did you call the, him after the, the store, tooth? The store people called him using their phone immediately when I was there. So oh, so the call the was phone. made. All right. Yeah. So he, you put that in the chronology, Rich. You say, this happened, this happened, this happened, and now I want you to pay, and then I had to go, and uh, you should be in pretty good shape. I think you'll probably, okay, yeah, I, I think you'll probably get your money. That's my guess. All right, Yolanda, you're up. Welcome. 
Yeah, thank you. Uh, Mr. Bill, I got a problem with the Hesperio Trash Company uh, on six months yeah, ago. Yolanda, I, I didn't understand a word you just said. Uh, I have a problem with something. With trash, Hesperio Trash Company. Okay, oh, with a trash company you have a problem. Yes, sir. All right, so. Uh, six months ago, take back one can from me and still is charging the two cans. Ah, God, and this, and, wait a second, Yolanda. Is the private company? Uh, no, I it's don't a, think. I don't know. It's the city. You have to find out whether it's city or it is private. And? B- big difference. Oh, oh gosh. Yeah, so you go back and you find out when you, if it's, do you get a separate bill for trash or is it on your, uh, I think it's on your power bill? No, just separate trash. Then it's a private, then it's a private company. If you have a separate bill that comes in, it's a private company. And what ends up happening, you simply have to tell them, hey, you're still charging me. I want a credit. Have you talked? Have you t- go, uh, talk to them on a telephone, and I'm not a perfect English, and I say something that is uh, really uh, even make worse. And now it just come again, the, the full price. Write them a letter. Uh, Yolanda, by the way, Yolanda, uh, I, I don't think you're giving credit to yourself. I think your English is perfect, but that's besides the point. Why don't you write them a letter? And put it in writing and start it with that. How much are you paying extra a month for that extra can? Well, not very too much, about four fifty or something. You four dollars and fifty cents. Got it. Yeah. And how many months has this been going but on? They put me on penalty too, so now actually I don't know how much. I just see they they not con- corrected the the bill for a one can. All right. And how long has this been going on? Six months. All right. So that's all right. So you've got, uh, what, $30? I understand that's a big deal. Um, uh, like you know, I said, put me more on it because of penalty. How much more? Know. How much more, Yolanda? I, I don't know exactly the paper. Not okay. Put it, me, put, it all, put it all in writing. Uh, that's all yeah. you want to do is make the claim, put it in writing, and uh, then you figure it out. Uh, and not, and they're not accepted. What can I do that time? Uh, just put in writing. You could theoretically take them to small claims court. Uh, court, but what are you going to do for thirty bucks? Maybe, maybe. That's uh, when they don't. Uh, I'd go for a different trash company. Although I don't know if you can do that in that neighborhood. This is handle on the law.